up? Rich Malachy here on the first ever pod session, The Care Factor. So today I have with me our service manager of the North Jersey office. Introduce yourself for the internet. Hi, internet. My name is Geraldine Figueroa. I am the service manager here at Malachy Cares in the North office. Yeah, baby. So um, we wanted to kick this off with a little session um, talking about warranty service calls. So if you are in the food equipment service business, if you are a restaurateur, a restaurant owner, um, if you are in charge of a commercial kitchen, a food service director, culinary director, whatever your title may be, and you're in charge of equipment repairs, installations, and all of that good stuff, there are some things that probably um, should be known that I feel that uh, maybe perception is not um, reality, and I'd love to make reality reality when it comes to these things so we could build, like as I always say, I wanna build bridges and um, knock down these, these, uh, these misperceptions of what really goes on for a service company in these areas. So, warranty calls. Um, the first thing I, I would say is to, to call, call to light is um, when a customer calls in, Right, no matter what the call might be, it's under it's under warranty. Doesn't matter what manufacturer, it's under warranty. We're the manufacturer, authorized service center in New Jersey. What do we want customers to have ready when they call, Jar? What what do you want them to make sure that they have ready when they call in? Model and serial number, install date if it's handy, and it's detailed with exactly what's going on, um, how long ago it was installed, every little thing, details. It's all about details. So make everybody's life lot easier technician and also we could also determine if it is a not everything is warranty unfortunately true and sometimes with that initial call you could tell if it's warranty or non-warranty or something that could be troubleshoot over the phone or something that also we could get the manufacturer involved you know asap for sure yeah i was gonna i was gonna follow up with why do we need that information but that kind of is the gist of it mm -hmm. so um now if they can't provide that information, or they refuse to, because you know, oftentimes customers are calling in and they're busy running their business, right? So they don't want to, you know, you say, hey, can I need the model and serial? I need all this. Um, oh, well, I, I can't get that for you right now. What 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 happens when they don't provide that information? Tell everybody what happens. Honest. Honest. <laughs> Your call is not going on the board. We need that that's model it. and serial number. Ooh, that's. <laughs> That's the first thing the manufacturer asks us when we submit the, the claim, model serial number. That's how they mm -hmm. determine your unit. That's how they know if it's within the warranty period. That serial number is along with your unit for a reason. And without yeah. that, you know, it's a, by the model serial number manufacturer, we have to know who we're billing. It just goes hand in hand. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I mean, we know if you can't provide this information, you have to understand something. We're not trying to make your life harder. No. Um, but we have protocol. You know, we're a manufacturer service agent. We're also a partner of the manufacturer. And we have to answer to them, ultimately. Yeah. Um, because we have to get paid, too. You know, I understand you're running a business, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, we are running a business. <coughs> there you go. So my first cough in the pod, podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for more jitters and and twitches and and coughs. Um, <laughs> so, but no, you know, um, yeah. I mean, if 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 we don't have this, we we can't process properly. And 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 also, 
it qualifies the warranty because if we don't have model and serial and we have to check against the manufacturer, mm-hmm. there's many times that people call in thinking their equipment's under warranty <laughs> yep. and it's not. And then we roll out on a call just on you know the goodness of our hearts, say, yeah, well, we'll get it when we get there. And that's not warranty. you know. And listen, nine times out of 10, the customer's not gonna wanna hear, well, you, you didn't tell me that and I didn't mm-hmm. know prior to now. You know, we have, we have costs attached to everything we do. Once those wheels start rolling, mm-hmm. There's costs attached. There's there's labor. There's inventory that we're holding. There's insurances. There's many different things that go into what we do. Tolls, Gas, tolls, technician salary, <laughs> everything. So we we um we have to have the info. Um, now we we over the years we've I, I've I've created different warranty forms or disclaimers to yes. send to the customers. In in the past year or so, you know, I kind of we removed that. Mm-hmm just because we wanted to make the customer experience more easier mm-hmm. you know when they give when they call in we don't want to um, you know slow them down slow us down we just want to get the call on the board but you know we've just kind of reinstated these forms yes. so why do we want to send a disclaimer that secure us for payment cuz like you said a lot of times it's it's not a warranty course, so therefore we have to cover us, and now everybody's on the same page. Everybody knows that if it's not a warranty call, there's payment. You know, it, it's it's harder. How would you feel if you think something's on the warranty and you have that perception yep. that this the manufacturer told me this is covered no matter what, and it's an installation issue which they don't cover, or yep. it's something that water damage, something end users. Um, fall, and you, like I said, you have that perception that no cost to you. And then when you, you know, our AR girl has to call and say, "Hey, I need a credit card." Or the technician on site says, "Hey, I need a credit card check," and they're like, "No, nobody told me. Don't I don't know nothing." So therefore, when they see it in black and white and they sign off, they know that if it's not a manufacturer issue, exactly, it, it's up to it's your cost. It's it's hard. It's it it's it it's really tough to go to the customer and say, hey, this is not a manufacturer, like defect, so you have to pay, so. Very hard. It's better to be upfront and honest and say, hey, this is what it is, and the the form explains what what they cover, what's not covered, that's another issue, too. A lot of end users don't know what's covered and not covered. They just. Yeah, let's let's just touch on that real quick. <laughs> That's a good point because the, she says, you know, as she said, the end user doesn't always know what's covered, what's not covered. And I feel, and I'm gonna be honest, when the equipment is being sold, <laughs> it needs to stop being sold with a dollar and a dream mm-hmm, because exactly. the reality mm-hmm. of it is, and I'll, we have some things listed on here, this is not everything, and if every manufacturer is a little different, but for the majority, they're all the same. So we even have on here, the warranty is gonna, gonna exclude improper installations, adjustments on any of these parts, calibrations, clogs or wear tear items like gaskets and door springs, um, thing, things of that nature, or problems with utilities. Mm-hmm. You know, Warranty is specifically a defect to the unit. Correct. <clears throat> That's it. So. When, when this equipment is being sold in the field, whatever dealer or rep or, or consultant, whoever is involved, they should be taking this customer by the hand and saying, listen, we're gonna sell you an awesome piece of equipment. It's rock solid. It's gonna last you for a decade or more if you treat it right and you maintain it properly and you get someone certified to install it. And here's and here's some of the guidelines you should pay attention to because here's what's not gonna be covered. If your cleaning crew is at the end of the night spraying stuff down <laughs> with water, eh, 
not going to be covered when we come in and say, it's electrical board shorted out, there's water everywhere. I have to explain to the manufacturer what the issues are. You know, we're not here to get over on anybody. We're not here to lie. We're not here to be, you know, have many kind of mistrust. Mm-hmm. It's just about doing the right thing every day by all of our partners and at the end of the day, our, our customer. So, you know, and going back to some of these things, installations, guys, listen, if you are buying equipment, I don't care what it is. You should have a factory certified technician installing it every time. I'm not putting down electricians. I'm not putting down plumbers or handymen. I'm sure they do a great job of what they do, but we come in behind them all the time for improper installations, and then the customer gets a bill because you think you're going to save 500 up front, and then I'm spending 2000 on the back end because now we have to pull everything out, rewire things, run new it. pipe. We do it every week. This is, this is every week. Every week. Whew, it's exhausting. <laughs> you could talk about God that all day. bless America. <laughs> what a country. <laughs> so, I'm telling you. Make America great again, man. So. Marco. Um, <laughs> let's see. So listen. Uh, we, we covered that. Now, manufacturer contracts. We have manufacturer contracts, right? So mm-hmm. um, when we get called out on warranty, I don't know if it's any... You know, if, I'm going to assume that maybe no people, there are people out there that don't understand the way it works. Manufact, we have, we are contracts with manufacturers to be the factory authorized service center as for parts distribution and authorized service. And, and they pay us to come out on these warranty calls. Um, so, you know, again, we're the eyes and the ears and they are the jury. Yes. Ultimately. So how do we communicate with the manufacturer on the on, in instances that we get out to the sites and find whatever we might find. I mean, what we're getting on the phones, we're emailing. Yeah, from the phones. Mostly on the phones that we're emailing. That's how. You know, there's pictures and videos that oh, we're sending yeah. to them. Now they want pictures, they want videos, they want it all. You know, and um, trying to think of where to go with this one next. <laughs> so, with the pictures and videos, you know, we, we often, when, when we do these things, uh, these service calls, you know, we also have to hold parts. Yes, for 90 so days. So if we're, if we're putting, uh, putting, if we're replacing a part that's a defect to the unit, obviously that is going to be covered under warranty. You know, if a mm-hmm. gas valve is malfunctioning or something like that, we have to hold that part for up to 90 days because that's how long sometimes it could take to get paid by the manufacturer for us. So understand as well as service companies, we're waiting for payment. You know, a lot of customers have cash-based business and they have cash flow coming. We're waiting for our money, 30, 60, 90 90 days, days. sometimes longer, depending on a lot of different things. Sometimes it's internal. We're not doing things fast enough in here because we're so busy and we don't have enough hands on deck to handle everything. Um, but we're missing re- information. <laughs> but, but so so. And, but I'm talking about but going to the money thing. And mm-hmm. for us, you know, again, I want there to be an, a, a full on understanding of everything for our customers and, and our and our industry partners of what service companies really deal with. The word rejection. Yes. <laughs> what does that make you feel when you get that word rejection? There's a little bit of anger in it. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie to you. And the care factor, based in New Jersey. Again, and we're, we're over here talking some warranty topics in the food equipment service world, business 101 for any service company, and we are going to bring you the information you need so we can break down walls, build these bridges, and wow. be better partners. 
for each other. So back to the rejections, you know, when these things happen, um, why they happen is because, like I said, the maintenance, when a, when a factory sees these float probes and they see them that they're um, corroded, it's, it's, it's over. You're now gonna get, a customer is now gonna get a bill for those flow probes, they're gonna get a bill for the labor and, and a trip charge. I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily what we want, it's what the manufacturer states. And that's why it's so important to know what your warranty actually covers, because it does not cover everything. It just doesn't. All warranty calls are not created equal. Nope, they're all different you know? every day. And <laughs> not that, a, again, I said this before, not, not that a customer should care why it affects us. Mm -hmm. All right, it's not their problem. I get that. I, I hate, even though I hate that, I feel like this is all our problems because we're all dealing with it. But you know, we we are a business. We have to get paid for our time. You know, it, it's very hard sometimes to see, to see. Well, you can't you can't you can't touch time. You can't wrap your hand around. You can't see it. You don't see it. You know, so it's it's something that that is sometimes a hard sell for someone to understand. But these technicians that we have are trained, retrained. They're certified. We have Sylvester Master Technicians here. We're a Sylvester certified company. Um, if you want to know more about Cefesa, that's C-F-E-S-A, and you can Google that up. Go to cefesa.com and, and check it out. But you know, you're, you're getting you're getting a super qualified guy when you call us, and you know we have to pay them properly. And they know your equipment. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're not you're not, getting, you're not getting someone that's throwing darts at a board and hoping yeah. they hit the right problem. They're they diagnosing this stuff and they're figuring it out and they're making it. They're getting it done for you. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I would love to just change the perception on, on, on all these service calls for warranty. Yeah, it, it's, it's, the main thing is everybody thinks it's covered. That's it. It's covered. It, it's not, it, it's, it's, you have to ask questions when buying equipment, you know, the dealer's going to tell you, you know, and nothing against dealers, anything like that, but. They t they're gonna tell you, yeah, just call this number. They'll take care of it. And then you know it's it's bad. And they think we're the bad people. You know they think, oh, you just don't want to help me. Oh, you just you just don't care. No, it's it's not. It's, it's the opposite. Yeah, we're we're here. We're gonna get a, you going. But it's a if it's not if it's not warranty, we have to build. You know, we it's not work for free. You know. The, the, the manufacturers paying us. It's not like they're not paying us. We're we're getting paid somehow, some way. You know, it's this, we don't make up the rules. <laughs> unfortunately, I wish we could. I wish everything, everything we do could be covered on the warranty. You know, to give you the customer that experience. Like I bought this within you know the first year, and everything went a okay. But things happen sometimes. You know. And it's all about education and user education, you know, on their equipment. They, I think, and users really need to be more educated on what they're buying. You know, there's a lot of, other than warranties, mm -hmm. what the use for it, you know? Oh, I bought this griddle. Oh, that's another thing, right? I bought this griddle and it, I got it for this, this, and that, and it's not doing it right. This is not what I want. It only has a certain amount of BTUs. There's only, yeah. it's, only it's, it's not getting hot enough or it's getting too hot. And then we get in there and we're like, listen, this, this, is, what it is. this, this is working to manufacture a <laughs> yes. spec. So now listen, again, we rolled out on that call. Mm -hmm. All right. Service companies absorb so many costs on a daily basis and it cuts into to our revenue, into our, into our profitability. And listen, 
just again, just like just like commercial kitchens and restaurants and, and national chains and, and supermarkets, you're all in business. You're all looking at numbers. So are we. Yes. All right. We're not out to get anybody. We are we are here to do the right thing every day. I will I make sure we do the right thing every day. We we talk about it, we we preach it, we live it, we breathe it. I'm not building something on Malagi Cares just for a word. Mm-hmm. We want to embody the word care. And, and let me tell you, it's not easy. It's not. All right? Caring is not easy. It's going the extra mile every day, every hour. It's a daunting task. And I'm asking a lot of all the people that are, that are here, but at the end of the day, we want to be the best for you. We want to be the best for us and our families. And um, finally, just to close this thing out for Warren T. Calls, um, what do you think we could do to improve? You know, what's uh, some opinions, thoughts, ideas? Uh, let's 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 let the um, let's talk to the manufacturer right now. Uh, for me, I think we need to slow down to speed up. Mm-hmm. We got to stop rushing. Hot yes. rush, hot rush. <sighs> You know, and this is for the manufacturers, reps, dealers. You know, I mean, listen, we got to slow down because if we can assess situations and think about them and be more methodical by the time we get to where we're going and try to get the right parts on the van, um, things can be done a lot smoother. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's sad to say, it, but not everything is a hot rush. You know, it's not, not, a, not a, startups you know, are startups. not hot rushes. No, you got to um, think about the person that's completely down. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, we're, we're servicing over 300 plus calls a week as a small business here in Jersey. And uh, I'm just, I'm sorry, you know, startups, I know we get it, they're important, but they're, they're not a hot rush. We have walk-ins down. We have combi ovens down. We're talking units down. Yeah. That means ROI is done. They need to. They need to get back to the ROI, the return on their investment that they put into these ovens and steamers. Those are the things that need to be hot rushes. All right, not site surveys, not startups. You know what else? I don't know. But yeah, you got to um, think about it. these are you know schools and hospitals that are down, and, and you got to tend to these are kids, sick people. They unfortunately they got to go ahead. The dishwashers are down. They can't serve stuff on styrofoam, and we mm-hmm. got to get there and assess these situations. So that's another thing to keep in mind as far as placing service calls and, and, and thoughts on that. But just just uh, to improve on the warranty thing, we need information. information the more information you get us, the more we can communicate, the more we can stay in, in touch with each other along the way, along the, the process of the call until we close it out is crucial. Understand we have your best interests at hand every single time because it's all about getting the equipment up and running at the end of the day. Yes, that's all that's that's the that's that's the, that's the bottom line. Just like you guys want to turn tables, we want to turn calls. <laughs> we don't want to come back one another time, a second time, a third time. We want to come, get it done, move on to the next one. Because we know you're back in business and that means we did our job. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna close it out here. Listen, people, get your information together, get it ready. Get your shit together and let's do this We're together. All right. And listen, this is the first pod session. So we're testing everything out right now. We're seeing how we flow, how we work. We're going to be bringing all kinds of people in. We want facilities directors. We want customers. We want reps. We want deals. We want other service companies. We want you to follow us, subscribe, like, follow, share, do everything you can because this is a pod session. Malachi cares. The care fact. And we Jesus are going crazy Christ. right now. We are going, going crazy insane. in here right now. I'm excited. Brand new. I'm excited. For the future, like and uh, 
new melody smell. Yeah, it smells like a newborn. Yeah, baby. And now we're going to close it out. So <laughs> for Geraldine Figueroa, I'm Rich Malachy. Bye, Internet. Until next time, America. Bye. What's up, Internet? This is Rich Malachy, and this is Season 1, Episode 2 of the Care Factor Podcast, the industry's premier place for food equipment service talk on hot topics. And today we have with us Team Malachy, certified service technician. I'm going to introduce him in a second. He's got his vodka right in front of him because he's about to get lit right before your eyes. All right, it's going to go down. Um, so let's, without further ado, let's just introduce the man of the hour here. What's your name? Richard Figueroa. What's going on, everybody out there? There he is. So, and uh, tell everyone how old you are. I'm 41. 41. He's in the 40 club. I'm right behind him. And um, so, why don't you tell everybody uh, a little bit of what you did before you got to Malachi? A lot of odd jobs. Uh, actually, before I got here, I was working in a warehouse as a forklift driver, picker, packing, receiving, shipping, mm-hmm. receiving. Yeah. And um, how did you find your way to this place? Well, I got lucky. Interesting. I got yeah. lucky. You know, my uh, my wife was working with you. Shout and, out to Geraldine. Yes. And we had a company barbecue and it was actually on a Saturday, which was probably my last day at that warehouse I was working at. I had a long talk with Rich, explained to him the situation and he asked me if I would like to start Monday morning. And ever since then I've been here. Boom. How many years ago? Five. Five years. Five years from now. Five years working his way up and he's become a go-to guy, a dedicated guy, a company man, wants to build and continue to grow and you know, that's what we're looking for here. Um, that's really what any service company's looking for. They're looking for good people. Um, so that's that's a little little background of how Rich got here. So um, listen, talk to me talk to me about uh, your current perspective on the industry as you see it here in 2018. Just from just from a technician's perspective, being on the road, what are you seeing out there? What's your perspective? Is it well, technology's growing mm-hmm. as far as all the equipment? They're getting more. Uh, Stuff as far as software, computers involved, and you know, it's it's getting more challenging as far as the technician's yeah. point, where you gotta literally sit down and study. All these training classes really help when you're out on the field, and it's growing. It's gonna get bigger and bigger as years go by. It is growing. It's it's getting massive. Um, uh, so what I really wanted to do too was I really wanted to kind of walk through a typical day for a technician. Um, so maybe you know customers, reps, dealers, manufacturers. You know we're all living kind of in our own world and our own bubbles. And you know I want there to be one of the big things for the care factor is to build an understanding between all of the sectors of the of the industry because again we all we all have our own dailies and we're kind of you know looking down throughout the day and we don't. Um, have that empathy maybe for for the next guy or girl. So let's walk let's walk through the day. What time What time are you waking up in the morning? Probably about six six in the morning. Six a.m. typical typical yeah. day you wake up. Um, and what's gonna happen after you brush your teeth? <laughs> yeah, do, come, do you do your thing? Yeah, come to the office. You know, prepare myself for my day. Try to do a rundown of all my calls that I'm gonna have for the day. So, kind of helps out 
as far as what I don't have in my van, I can narrow it down, look at what the description of the call was, see if I can take some other stuff with me to try to get that first time fix, you know? Because that's very important with a customer, especially get them up and running right away. For sure. That's major thing we want to do. So, all right, so, and, and keep in mind, we do have GPS dispatch. Um, Rich happens to live in town, pretty much down the block yeah. from, from the warehouse, from the main headquarters. So, um, he'll come in daily. You know, we'll uh, get him some parts and, again, go do the rundown and everything to try to give him a little insight into what's happening. But just in case anybody doesn't know, those things change sometimes. Yeah. You know, we have, we have VIP customers. You know, we have our gold, you know, platinum, silver, whatever you want to call them. And sometimes those calls will come in, in the middle of the day and change your whole day. Yeah. You know, so he's thinking he's going here, 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 and all of a sudden he's going here, 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 kind of thing. So, um, all right. So now you know you're 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 on the road. You dispatch. You're driving to your first call, and you get there. What what are we doing? We're rolling. Let's just say we're rolling into uh, a national chain account to look at a fryer. Fryer. I mean, most likely, you know, they're using it. There's an issue with the unit. I really try to work with the customer because I understand they gotta get their job done. Business can't stop. So there's sometimes where uh, I gotta go a little further to be able to work on the unit while they're still using the unit. Yeah. Which kind of helps everybody out. You don't stop operation at all. Sometimes you might have to stop operation, but we try to get that result before we even get out there on the field to let them know mm -hmm. before time that this is going to take a lot longer. But there's other situations where they're like, you know, they don't want to hear it. Oh, please, you know, I need this. And, I, you know, you give them the, the rundown, you know, listen, I work with you, you work with me. You let me know, I'll move out your way. Mm -hmm. And as long as we can get it done and get them up and running, man, that's really the, the big deal that we need to accomplish every day on the field. Yeah, I mean, we're in the people business, right? Yes, so before sir. you before you fix the equipment, you got to try to... Yeah, you got to butter them up a little bit. Sometimes you got to do that. You know, yeah. you got to let them know you're in good hands. Trust me. Yeah. I'm, here to, I'm here to help you. Because, um, you know, you walk in sometimes, you know, we say, I say it all the time, you know, we're behind the phone. Yeah. You're face to face. Okay. You're in the heat. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's, it's a little easier on the phone um, when you're when you're working with, with people people you know and you got on I understand listen this is their business things are down mm -hmm. they just want to work they just want to serve their customers that's that's all they really want to do so when you get there they might be 10 times angrier yeah. especially if they called in at eight o'clock you know early in the morning and we might not be able to get there until the next day you know just because we only have so many technicians there's only so many hours in a day and we can only do so much you know these guys are not machines Mm. So they could only do so much in a day, but just, you know, so, okay, so, so, so you're there, you're on the fryer now, say it needs a part. There's two spectrums here, right? So you got the, I have it on my van or I order it. What, what, let's, let's say, say you have it on your van. Boom, you go out to the van. I'll let them know, uh, you know. Needs luckily, a gas valve. It needs a gas valve. Uh, I have it. It's going to take this amount of time or it could take a little longer if I run into problems but I'll have you up and running. Nine times out of 10, get it done. It's like ripping a bandit off, let's get it over with. You're here, you got it. And then they'll most likely be happy at the end of the end result and 
Yeah. They're like, you know what? He had it. Yeah. It's awesome. I don't have to wait. That's the best, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Just to get it done. Yeah. Just to get it done is getting off. Because just like I always say, like restaurants, they, you guys, you're, you're serving customers. You want to turn tables and we want to turn calls. Yeah. We don't want to have to go back tomorrow or the next day or the day after that or wait a week for this to come or we just want it done. So now let's say that happens. We don't have the part in the van. What are you going to do? Yeah, you gotta, it's another thing. You got to learn how to be a people person. Kind of once again butter them up mm -hmm. but you gotta let them know you know unfortunately i don't have the part we can have it in our warehouse and i'll give them a call you know give the warehouse a call the, the office call yep give them the part number if they have it in stock customer's gonna ease up a little bit like oh it's good we don't have to wait for it to be shipped out or anything and see if we get them into schedule as, food, as soon as possible. Yeah. Just to get back. Yeah, and that's, you know, and but typically, you know, as from coming from being service management and I, when I was doing that, I, I would typically not want a technician to really give a time frame. No. I, you know, I don't want anyone to have expectations that are not true because, you know, again, we're, serv we're servicing right now as a small business 300 plus calls a week. Uh, it's if you look at reality, it's not possible to get back to everybody the next day when you have con calls continuously coming in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for us, and I feel the high standard is the three-day turnaround time at the most. Yeah. So, you know, if we need a part, most parts we get in one to two business days. We're, you know, if we, if we get there on a Monday, chances are we'll see you on Wednesday. Um, unless this is a super, super emergency where you'll probably call in and say, hey, we got to rev this in next day, Eric. Mm -hmm. Early a.m. It's got to be done tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And then we... Yeah, I try to get there first thing in the morning before they open so I don't have to be in no one's way. Yeah. Get it all with, let them get, get on with their day. That's it. Yeah, so... Um, all right, so then on, on, on departure, obviously, obviously we want to get, uh, get signatures. You know, when, when you're leaving a customer... Whether you order the part or not, what are you what are you what are you doing? You're seeing them. I mean, if I get it up and running, I like to show them the whole process of what I did, why it happened. You know, show them before I leave that everything's working right. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have the part, at least I give them that uh, insight about when we can probably be back. I like to ask, you know, the office, give them a rough estimate. And at least let them know that the part is in stock. Yeah. You know, if we don't have it in stock, you know, we got to order it. We give them the option of overnighting the part. But most of the time, you know, when you talk them through it, it they, they kind of calm down and we figure out other ways that we can get the part, um, get the unit running at least if we can't. Keep it just to get, get it going, just to get them through maybe the, yeah. the, their, that next dinner service. Exactly. Until we can come back early in the morning mm -hmm. with the overnight parts. So yeah, so then, so you're doing that. That's, that's call one. You go to the next call. You go to the next call. I mean, what are you doing? Three, four, five calls a day, depending yeah. depending on the jobs. Depending on the jobs. You know, we'd, we'd love to get five, at least five calls on a day. That would be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think most companies would be happy with three. Um, so that we do that. So let's talk about, we're, we're here in the heat of summer, mm. right? It's winding down. Do seasons affect you? Oh yeah. Talk a little bit about the seasons and how they might affect you in, in a hot kitchen or a cold kitchen or different things, the elements. Well, summer, you got a lot more people going out to eat. So you got a lot more business for these restaurants and you got more problems happening because they're using the equipment a lot more than usual. Working on overtime. Yeah. Winter time might slow down. People staying in more. But then you got uh, you got uh, 
Mother's Day that comes, you know, Got the Father's holidays. Day that comes. Thanksgiving. Yeah, these are the holidays Christmas. that people go out to eat, Valentine's Day. So, yeah, yeah. You, you get busier at times, especially like the refrigeration guys. Summertime, it's always the high How about point. the heat, though? How about the heat in those kitchens? Oh, yeah, forget about it. Tell the Care Factor Nation about the heat in these frigging kitchens. Uh, it's hot. It's killer. It's 200 plus. It's killer, man. You go outside, it actually feels better. Yeah. <laughs> it could be 100 plus outside. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. I mean, these guys these guys are definitely um, earning that pay, for yeah. sure. Yeah. They definitely earn it. Um, kind of touched on this already, but let's just, so we're, we're the industry. So where do you see this industry headed in the next? A lot more technicians will come out and try out for what we're dealing with, you yeah. know, what we do for a living. It's not a lot yeah. of people know about this. They think the units run themselves. Yeah, well, they get people fixed by themselves. Think, if you think about maybe before you got here, you know, you don't really think about uh, you go out to eat somewhere, food just kind of shows up in front of you. Yep. You don't even you don't even think about the chefs and the sous chefs and the preps, the prep t- the prep guys and yeah, yeah. just all the things that happen. They all, all of a sudden, a plate just comes in front of you. You know, sometimes when they 86 items and things don't get to you, there's reasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe Malachi wasn't able to make it there on time. I don't know. Geraldine. <laughs> to get these guys here, man. Yeah. It's the care factor, baby. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's headed. Tech, technology's changing fast. I think that, uh, you know, the training. Have you been to Rationale? Yeah. So I mean, Chicago. just just to, just you know, we've been to Rationale. We got our technicians uh, headed out to Rationale little by little by little. We got most of our fleet trained up on those combi ovens. Those are those are quite pretty advanced. Oh yeah. You know, and I think going down the line, a lot of these things, you know, you have your smart kitchens and your future kitchen of the future kind of equipment coming, where it's going to kind of tell us what's wrong before we even get there. Oh yeah. yeah before yeah. the customer even knows something's wrong, we're going to know. Yeah, they'll let you know the diagnosis as far as uh, checking out every component, seeing which, which one is failing. You know, now you can actually deal with the manufacturers and work it out through the uh, software of the equipment. So I mean, it's getting better and it makes it easier for the technician to get the job done and get whatever parts need to be ordered for that unit to be working. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it really is too. Uh, just just getting everyone up and running, you know. And that's that's where I, that's why I love I love empathy. Uh, empathy is so important. You know, put yourself in their shoes, mm-hmm. and then vice versa. You know, I was like, well, you know, one of the things I can't stand is uh, when someone says that's not my problem. That's yeah. not my problem. I, you know, I, I get it to an extent. You know, whether, no matter no matter who it is, whether it's whether it's a customer or a rep or a dealer. Or manufacturer. It doesn't matter who it is. It, well, it's not my problem. Just get them there. It's not my problem. Just do. Well, it is. It's everyone's problem because your problem is my problem. My mm-hmm. problem is your problem. If I can't get this done or get that, whatever I got to do, whatever it might be. So, you know, that's what empathy is, is so key um, in, in, in this uh, in this industry. But um, let's uh, let's shift shift gears again real quick and uh, kind of just uh, talk about the next generation of techs coming up. We have two young guys training that I did a keynote or a, a presentation rather in, in a, at a, the local high school. I got two guys training. What would you tell the next generation of techs? These are young, these are 18 year old guys, fresh out of high school training. What, what, what would you tell uh, these guys that are coming up if they're looking for an industry to get into? Um, it's good industry, it's great industry. It's a, it's a career. Um, not everybody's cut out for college. You know, not everybody has the money for college. Or you can work your way to college by working, doing this. And no matter what, it's the knowledge that no one can take from you once you got it. 
Yeah. And I mean, I wish I could be 18 again and know that this industry existed. Probably wouldn't have went through all the rough times that I had, odd jobs, you know. At 18, I, I would have been 18 starting. Me being 41 now, you know, forget about it. It would be great. You'd be, you know? you'd be 10 times a dynamo over right, you are now. You know? yeah. But uh, yeah, I always, I, I got the one kid, Jamal, riding with me and I tell him all the time, it's a perfect opportunity, man. Take it, run with it. Even if this Patience, is not right? what, yeah, even if this is not what you later on want to do, you can always have it under your belt. Exactly. It could always help you one way or another, whether yeah. you open up your own restaurant or anything else. Yeah, I just want to promote promote the careers here before we um, sign off on on uh, episode two. Um, you know, the next generation coming up, it's very, very uh, hot topic, very big hot topic in the industry right now as the decline is coming uh, for the the men, the men and women that do what you do. Um, it's not going to be easy to find people that want to do this, and we have to promote it. We have to talk about it. We have to let them know that this is this is not second class stuff here. I mean, because I feel like that's kind of how it's been promoted. You know, mm-hmm. college or nothing. You know, yeah. g- good luck if you don't go to college, and it's just not the truth. You know, we live in a different world today, a different age, and this is. I mean, this is a lucrative, lucrative uh, business, and and it's. I mean, I say it is recession-proof. I mean, we're never not busy. I mean, we're always working. I mean, we got... Are you going to do calls after this? Probably. Yeah, I mean, he's probably, probably. got a call or two to go do after this. I mean, we he's, we were training today all day. We had some... We had Duke Manufacturing here training. You know, it's 4 o'clock here in Jersey. So we're, we're, you know, we're, we're far from done. I mean, we're gonna, he's probably... He might have to... He might be out till 8, 9 o'clock tonight. I mean, who knows? Depending on what he's going to go work on. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just one call, two calls, I don't know. We have to go check with the boss, but... Both of our bosses. Yeah. And, uh, you <laughs> know, so. Go home. <laughs> yeah. So now, now, and I just, just, um, closing this out. Tell him, tell him how you love it here. I love it a lot. He likes it here a lot, you know? Peace. All right. So. Awesome. Listen, we're going to close this out. We're not, we're not done talking with Rich. We're not done talking with, with the boys, the team of Maliki here, the men on the road doing it, getting it done every day for the customers, getting it done for our industry partners, reps, dealers, manufacturers. Um, I'm going to leave you with, uh, please, if you don't mind, go and click that subscribe button for me because this is going to be the place you want to interact I don't know what I'm talking about right now, Angel. <laughs> it's, the, it's the vodka. It's the, it's the vodka killing me here. <laughs> so you're going to want to go hit that subscribe button. Um, you're going to want to follow along, and we want you to participate. So, oh, yeah, hit the notification bell right up in the corner there. Bing. Do it. I don't know what I'm talking about. All right, so it's the bottom right? Bottom right. Bottom right. God bottom right. bless it. Alright, so go hit that. Alright, give a, give the video a thumbs up for me. Yeah. Alright. Signing out. This is Rich Mal In case I'm, I'm gonna say it that way so you make sure you understand how to say because I get it all the time. No one ever knows how to say my name. No. Malachi. Malarkies. Malachi. Mackley. <laughs> Malarkey. Yeah, it's just all different things. So this is Rich Malachi for the Care Factor, season one, episode two, signing out. We'll see you next time, America. What's up, Internet? Rich Malachi here for the Care Factor Pod Session Podcast Season 1, Episode 3, with a very special guest for the show. So, <laughs> who we have here? We have Courtney without a U, Sharonberg. Am I saying it right? That's correct, right? I know you. So, 
we're gonna introduce Courtney right now. Courtney, tell everybody who you are. Tell tell the pod session, tell the podcast who you are. Who I am. Okay, so I mean, do you want to know who I am as a person or what I do? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah, how, how did you? Well, let's talk about this. We're, you're, you're, you're with you're with Pentair. Yes. How how did um, how did you find your way to this industry? All right. So well, I mean, I'll tell you a, a minute. So I'm with Pentair, which is a, a water treatment company. Uh, we do anything from aquaponics and aquatics to large pumping systems, uh, food and beverage manufacturing, beer manufacturing down to manufacturing things for uh, residential water softening, food service equipment, you name it. So when it comes to water treatment, we touch it in all places. Um, I've been here for about five years, um, just about five years. But how I got here, so I've been in the food service industry for um, going on 17 years in some way, shape, or form. So I've done everything from working in the back of a restaurant, you know, bartending, serving in the front of the restaurant, uh, I most recently came from a privately owned manufacturing company where we, we made uh, food and beverage products. So juices, sauces, things like that. Okay. But prior to that, I worked for Nestle and prior to that, Ecolab. So I, I, I actually Ecolab. serviced equipment myself in Ecolab days. Um, you know, plumbed, wired, serviced, service calls, you name it. See Did that? it. Spent uh, three years of my life getting dirty and jumping on tables and which, which is not something you see often. No, so no. Now, this is not a woman-driven field, so not. You, don't, no. you don't see that so often. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I learned how to kind of give it back to people back then because they would, uh, they would not think that I was capable when I came in to a call, especially if mm-hmm. it was a service call over the weekend where we were on, um, on a weekend call. I would go into someone else's territory, and then they would kind of be like, who are you? What are you here for? Mm-hmm. Or if I called them, they think I was customer service calling them instead of the actual person who's going to come. Yeah, I believe that. Work, so. I believe it, yeah. yeah. Um, and so within Pantera, you obviously have a busy schedule. You're traveling a lot. Um, let's talk about your travel schedule. I mean, you're, you're visiting service companies. Are you visiting reps, dealers? Who are you, who are you visiting? Where are you, where are you going? Okay, well, um, that's, a, that's a really good question. So I'm a, I'm a technical trainer. So I, am, um, I happen to be the East Coast technical trainer. Uh, I'm aligned with the East Coast. I, I live in Chicago, so it requires me, me to travel no matter what. The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> Great accent there. Um, so I have to travel to get, just to get to my territory. But I started as a regional sales manager, so I'm selling like in the Midwest. So I didn't travel as much in that. But because I'm a trainer, I have to go where the opportunities are. Right. So um, I, when the salespeople in those areas have customers that have a desire to be trained, I, I go there. Um, and the East Coast for us stretches all the way up to East Coast of Canada, Quebec and Nova Scotia, okay. down all the way to like Florida and, and all of that. So it goes over to Ohio and down. Um, so I, I do travel a lot. Uh, the spring and fall are crazy. I'm mm-hmm. gone almost every single week, um, which is really tough. Uh, This fall, I have multiple stops per week. So like last week I was in Houston and Minneapolis and then, which are not in my region, I know. Um, There's other things I have to do. (laughs) But um, I have a week where I have to go to New Orleans to speak at a conference and then go turn around and go to uh, Orlando the following day. So there's a lot of that. And you're in Jersey now. I'm in Jersey Jersey right now, now, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it just it, it depends. Um, summer, I wasn't busy because a lot of the service service industry works on refrigeration equipment and they're too busy. 
Um, yeah. But as far as who I train, I'm training a lot of service agencies. Mm -hmm. So it depends, you know, like today we did knowledge-based training. So I'll come in and just kind of teach about water, some basics about filtration. Mm -hmm. Other times we teach service agents how to install our actual equipment. So mm -hmm. the more complicated the equipment, the more we need to come in and teach you how to do it. It's not all water in, water out. Um, you yeah. get into reverse osmosis and softening and there's things that you have to learn there. And you have For to learn sure. from someone in our group. Um, it's not intuitive technology to just take out of the box and put together. Uh, right. So a lot of the service agencies, there's also like the dealers. So anybody selling it, you yeah. know, um, the distributors. So the distributors for stocking the Which product would, and selling or, or, the beer. Uh, talking about reps, that would be reps, the reps yeah. to do it. So. Also the manufacturer reps, and depending the man okay. on how it's sold. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, because, I mean, you, obviously Pantera Pure, um, you have products and everything. So you were actually partnering with manufacturers themselves, such as, I don't know, maybe Cleveland or mm -hmm. you know, some of the well-built brands or unified brands, you're actually partnering with them and yes. talking with them and training with them? Yes, so we do some with the OEMs. Like um, Now like Coke and Pepsi would be an OEM for us because they're taking our SureFlow products and actually like putting them into their equipment or requiring it to be part of their like boosting system for, for boosting pressure for mm -hmm. fountain beverage. Um, we also work with a lot of other manufacturers where they may be using our filtration when they sell that piece of equipment they may say, hey, you buy this equipment, you use this, this Pentair filter, mm -hmm. um, but they may also be uh, putting our stuff inside of their equipment. So not just like Coke and Pepsi, but they may be making coffee brewers or um, uh, they may be the ones who are actually making the Coke and Pepsi equipment and they're putting mm -hmm. some certain types of pieces and parts inside that we okay. manufacture. So we do a little bit of that, pressure regulators, pressure reducers, okay. things like that. It's interesting. So. Um, so, you know, part of our audience is going to be the end user. So if, we're, if, if you were talking to like the kitchen managers or restaurant owners now, what are some of the things that they could, um, maybe we could just tell them about uh, the key elements that are going to be found in water that are, that are the components or the, that, that are actually hurting their equipment. Right. Um, what's, what's deadly to their equipment and what they can do. Right. So the biggest issue, you know, we, we, we drink water, right? And we're like, oh, this is pure and it's great and it's clear and it tastes wonderful. My water's great. Or I've got great water because I turn on the faucet and it tastes all right. It's not bad water. Well, when you, when you change the temperature of that water, whether you're making it colder to make ice or you're heating it to create steam, you're changing the properties of that water and that water is going to affect your equipment based on what you're doing with it, right? Mm -hmm. So... The water that's delivered to your building is what we have. We all have to work with. That's it. Yeah. Right. So the government may say that that water delivered to your building is safe to drink, but it doesn't mean that when it's heated to 260 degrees that it's not going to eat away at your combi oven. So the way we yeah. categorize things in this industry for from water treatment is we're really we're, we're not we're not doing rocket science. We're we're trying to prevent issues with your equipment. So we want equipment protection. We want yeah. your equipment to get through its full warranty life cycle without falling apart. At, le at least through right. its warranty, right? Right. Um, Agreed. And hopefully protect the life even longer, really maintained properly. Sure. And then uh, product quality. We want to deliver a good quality product, whether it's Coke and Pepsi or um, uh, coffee, tea, drinking water, ice. We want that stuff to look good, taste good, smell good. Yeah, I mean, if you, it affects the taste greatly if, yeah. you're not, if you're not doing this stuff. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows Starbucks, right? You know you can walk into Starbucks here in Jersey 
and it's going to taste the same as if you walk out, walk to Starbucks in, in Timbuktu mm. in the middle, on the other side of the world, you yeah. know, like that definitely makes a difference. And that's because Starbucks has taken an interest in their brand and their, the taste of their coffee is their brand. For sure. You know, McDonald's, their Coke, people know it to say, they know that McDonald's has good Coke, a good diet Coke. Yeah. That's because they manage, manage their water treatment. So that's the product quality side. The other side is like the coin, like I said, is if you heat water um, to 260 degrees, that water might taste good and it might not make you sick if you drink it, but doesn't necessarily mean that that water doesn't have minerals in it that are going to eat away at that stainless. Yeah. So, or it's going to cause scale and it's going to, you know, be, become an issue down the line. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to that, to that effect about with the taste and everything, um, water quality tests, I know as a service company, we're doing more of those, even manufacturers are starting to require them before we do installations. Yes. So what, what actually, do you know, I'm actually, I would like to know what goes into a water quality test. Okay. When you, when yeah. we send it back to you guys. Well, one of the, first of all, one of the reasons that the manufacturers are requiring it, so they have specifications and, you know, a big change in these last five I mean, you could say 10 years, but definitely five years. Mm-hmm. Um, the manufacturers, they've, they've had to pay out warranty costs for a long time. You know, they used to, they used to recommend a piece of filtration equipment with their, with their equipment. So you, you buy my piece of equipment. If you buy this filter, I'll give you an extended warranty. Mm-hmm. Well, that filter might work on water quality here in New Jersey, but it might not work in southern Texas. So... Right. They, they started to realize, well, down in southern Texas, I'm having to pay out a lot of a lot on my warranty costs. And that's, that's really not cost effective as a manufacturer over time. Right. So they started to really work with water treatment companies and say, okay, well, how does water affect my equipment? How does it affect my product? How does it affect the, the metals themselves, the mm-hmm. components inside, the probes and sensors, the heating elements, whatever? And w- what they've come up with from there is a water specification. So different manufacturers have different requirements. Some of them might be um, a little bit more lenient. Some might be very difficult specs to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, there's a spec. And they're starting to say, look, you know what? If you want to be in warranty, you got to hit this spec. I don't care how you get there. Just do it, or it might not cover the cost. Yeah. Because they want to say, hey, I want to make sure you're going to hit this water quality before you buy my stuff. Because yeah. I don't want you to blame my brand when Exa- it falls apart. That's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, because like, you know, and I overheard you speaking before, you know, talking about it. You're not, you're not just, you're going to look at the equipment. Right. You're not going to, not thinking water. Right. So you're thinking equipment, you're thinking whoever sold it to you, and then maybe the service company that's there. We're all going to be to blame when in fact. It's the it's, water. It's the water. We, it's the water. We've seen, it's the water. We've seen a lot of situations <clears throat> where um, there were, there were customers that spent thousands of dollars sending their stainless out to metallurgists to prove that no we aren't using a lesser grade stainless steel because yeah. that's that's what people think about they're like oh especially if they see corrosion and rust they're like oh well you must be using some cheap stainless out of out of china well yeah. they might have maybe three or four stainless might not be 316 but ultimately it that's a water issue when you see corrosion that's not a yeah. that's not a metal issue um it's not an integrity well, that scale issue. build up and that the scale. lime and right that's all water yeah. So scale and corrosion, slime and ice machines, things like that. That's all water related. Um, but with, with water testing, all that really is required is you, you buy a kit um, or you get a kit from your service agent or, or your dealer. Yeah. They can be provided by us. 
And um, it's just a water bottle with a, a form. You put your water sample in the bottle, fill out the form. It goes out, in, in the case of the, the tests that we do at, at Pentair, is they go out to a third party. Um, and it's not like in-house, we're not doing it. And then when we get the form back, we can analyze it with you. Yeah. So we're not just looking at, um, we're not just looking at hardness. I mean, people are familiar with hardness. So mm -hmm. I have my water is 10 grains hard. We're looking at a lot more than that. We're looking at all those dissolved minerals in the water, um, calcium, magnesium, iron, yes. sodium, potassium, bicarbonates, carbonates, chlorides, nitrates, sulfates, you name it. We huh? look at it. <laughs> so really what it looks like, what it, what it looks like to us is like we look at all of that and depending on the application, so, so depending on if you were making coffee, is that a coffee brewer, is that espresso, is that steam, is that ice, depending on what that piece of equipment is, which we call an application, Yes. Um, depending on that is what we're looking at in that water. So if someone says, you know, my combi oven's rusting, um, it's only six months old, and I look at that water treatment report and see that, um, or the water quality report, and see that the chlorides are high. Chlorides are dissolved salts. Mm -hmm. Chlorides are your primary corroding molecule, okay. ion in this case. Um, if those chlorides are really high, then I know that that's our culprit. That's what's going on. And I can show the customer that. I can say, look, this, this specific dissolved mineral is causing your problem. And it helps them understand the full picture. Yeah, and then could you could you maybe recommend maybe then at that point because I, I I would I'm assuming and from from my experience doing things not all filtration systems are created equal like you would have specific for coffee, specific for ice, specific specific right. for steam, and so you could kind of look at what's in the water maybe and direct them and like this is the, what you should be putting in yes. as your filtration. Yes. So we want to meet the manufacturer spec A because that's your warranty, right? And when you're delivering water within that warranty, nine times out of 10, you're delivering good water quality at that point. Like if we're making coffee, as long as we're in there, that spec, that's what we wanna get. Mm -hmm. um, if you own a coffee shop, we really do wanna try to deliver you the water quality that meets the specialty coffee association spec um, as well. Okay. So depending on what we're trying to do, we're gonna deliver the water through that system that you need to get in warranty or get your good quality product. Yeah. Um, you may, be recommended a more expensive solution, like a reverse osmosis or right. something. But ultimately, we're not gonna we're not gonna recommend reverse osmosis if you don't actually need reverse osmosis. Yeah, I mean it's overkill, right? I mean, right. you wanna just give give exactly what really is needed. Exactly. Yeah. And the the flow rates and the, the capacities needed for that equipment. We're not gonna oversize it just because. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Can we all make a fifty thousand gallon capacity filter? Sure. But are you gonna put that on a coffee brewer? No. 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 Because it's going to get all gross before yeah. you, you would go through it anyway. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. Right sizing is key. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's all about increasing the life expectancy. You know, you want to get, you know, you're investing so much in this equipment. That, you know, I see horror stories as a service company. Um, I don't, people, it's, it's hard. I, it, that's one of the reasons that I, I really i am happy to do this because I want to let people know about the importance of the water quality. Don't make, don't put it to the back burner. No. Put it, once you get your equipment, it should go on. And it's the primary ingredient in everything we're talking about. I mean, if it comes down to coffee, coffee's 98% water, you know? Um, fountain equipment can be anywhere from 85 to even more percent water. Yeah. Ice is 100% water. Steam, 
how are you cooking the food in there? Yeah. Obviously, there's electric or there's gas, but your ingredient, other than the food you put in, is water. Yeah, I mean, I tell all my customers when we're doing plant maintenance things, um, you know, what's, what's really important, what's really important? I always, my first thing I always tell them, aside from refrigeration, anything that's what you have water running through. Dishwashers, ice, steam, yeah. coffee, that's going to be your most vulnerable equipment. Very. You know, burners and stuff like, you know, on ranges and stuff, you know, we can only do so much. Right. But the water, you could actually, yeah. you know... Even um, like banquet steam tables. I mean, a lot of people don't think about the water they're putting in the steam rots. table. Yeah. yeah, it'll eat away in those in those troughs, you know. And oh yeah, that's... we're changing we're changing steam tables out and wells and things all kettles. the time. Kettles. Kettles. You think about the water that I mean. What do you make in a kettle? Soup, chili things. You're putting water in there. You want good quality water that's not going to taste like chlorine or not going to give you you know screw up your sauce, your pizza sauce. Mm -hmm. You know, like I that's mean, the other thing. Yeah, you want you want it, you want to make that taste. You know, we want the customer to come back. I mean, who wants to, you know, have that nasty water running through thing affecting your food? I yeah, mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I this tidbit of information. But when I was growing up, um, my dad uh, we had really nasty water. Where I grew up, so my parents put in um, like bottled water for our drinking water. But my dad would still cook like hungry jack mashed potatoes with <laughs> tap water. Or he'd cook pasta with tap water, and I could taste it. Yeah. And he thought I was nuts, absolutely <laughs> nuts. And you know, find out later in life that I actually can taste more than your average person. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good thing I'm in the water world. But yeah, six cents. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, it's good for coffee tasting. It's good yeah. for all that world. But um, yeah, I, I could taste it, and it it affects it. You think it's not there, yeah. you think it cooks off, but it does stick around. Yeah. I mean, you've got things like chlorine in your water, um, chloramine in some part of the world, which is uh, chlorine and ammonia bonded together. And th those are municipal disinfectants. Those are added by the okay. city. And, and like I said, we can only treat the water as it comes into the building. So we at least want to take out that disinfectant that makes a bad taste. Yeah. And then on top of that, you don't want to get anybody sick. No. Oh God. You know, because you know, yeah. I, I know from just personal, it doesn't matter what place I go to. Like I, I will never eat the ice anymore out of my cups. I just don't do it because I just I, I've seen too many things. Too many ice boogers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff. I mean, stop stop chewing ice, people. Oh. I don't know. I, I, you know, but you can you can get somebody sick. Yeah. Oh yeah, you definitely can. So yeah. So anyway, uh, talking about uh, ice boogers, but <laughs> with that. Uh, Horror stories. You've you had to see horror stories somewhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've all seen a nasty dish machine, right? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, when it comes to improperly treated water for equipment, I mean, really, the, the stuff that's so susceptible to it is your, your hot equipment. Mm -hmm. The hotter it heats water, the more susceptible it is. So steam combi ovens, proofers, things like that, those are really, really sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, you're heating water way beyond boiling point at that point. So down in Texas, um, we've seen combi ovens rot out, literally just rust to the point of things falling apart and crumbling in three to four months. Yeah. So wow. you spend, you know, you spend, what, what, what kind of money do you spend on that stuff? Anywhere from... So it can be up to 40,000, yeah, 40,000, 40, I mean, that's I mean, like... That's like taking a BMW and dumping acid on it. Yeah. That's that's, that's exactly what you're right. doing in this situation. No one's gonna no one's gonna just leave their BMW out in acid rain for three months. And that's what you're doing in a combi oven. So um, 
it's really important to protect that investment and to, to pay attention to the fact that, yeah, okay, you just spent all this money on this. What's, what's a $1,200 RO system when you've paid 40000 Exactly. It's going to protect it. I mean, listen, I talk to people all the time. Like we go to the doctors for checkups. We go to take our cars to get serviced. You just invested massive amounts of money in this equipment. And like you said, you were going to just pour acid all over it and yeah. leave it out in the rain. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just, it, it mind boggles me sometimes, the, the thought process. Because I think a lot, of, a lot of times I think people, unfortunately, are being sold a dollar in a dream with the equipment. Yes. Yes. And yes, they yes. think, oh, it's, it, just, it does self-cleaning. It does this. Mm-hmm. You still you got to take care of it. You got well, you got to have your proper solutions running through it. You got to have proper filtration running through it. And you got to do it weekly. Well, and in the water treatment world can be the same. I mean, you've got water treatment companies that'll promise you up the wazoo for this this one thing does everything. I can tell you there is no one thing that exists in water treatment that does everything. Yeah. Just bottom line. I mean, even in food service, if you want one thing that does everything, you're going to be paying for reverse osmosis hands down everywhere. But Again, you don't need reverse osmosis everywhere. Let's put it where you need it mm-hmm. and not where you don't. So we as a company don't sit there and say, well, we're going to make this one thing. There's no silver bullet um, yeah. to kill all the, the you know, well, what are what are the silver bullets kill? kill? I mean, it's almost where, Halloween, Werewolves? Right? Werewolves. I almost said wolverines. I almost said wolverines. <laughs> wolverines, right? <laughs> not the same. I guess it could kill wolverines, too. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's no one silver bullet. It's just... Um, there are companies that they come out with some technology and they say this does it all. Well, that's not true. This is nature. Water is nature, people. All right, it's not true. We just got to take care of things as they as they arise for the, each piece of equipment and put exactly what's needed where it's needed, mm-hmm. and and not overkill anything. Right. Exactly. So I'm going to change gears. So um, simple question: What do you love most about the industry? About the industry. The people. I mean, let's get real. That's I mean, what, that's, food that's service what I people always say as a too. whole. Yeah, food service people. There's a lot of good people. There are a lot of good There's people. There's a lot of good people, Angel. Yeah. yeah, there are. I mean, it's an interesting world. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, there's things that people get away with in restaurants they'd never get away with in a corporate office. But that environment is that casual yeah. environment. It's, a, it's an enjoyable environment. Good group of people. Um, Yes, I work for a corporation, but still, when I get out in the field, it's like, you know, we get good relationships. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, we've, got, I, we've built a relationship. I think yeah, the last yeah. Years. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's, um, been, it's cool. There's groups that exist yeah. that you can become part of and get to know people, and um, just obviously the traveling and seeing the same faces a lot is great. Uh, yeah. But I mean, as far as my my industry, I love water. I mean, I drink it, right? But. Hey. No, I mean, I love water. The water industry, the coffee industry, to me, it's so interesting. Like, um, I guess the little chemistry nerd in me gets gets triggered each time, but I really enjoy it. It's cool to get to teach people because, you know, I think it's interesting to anybody just to learn a little bit about what's going on with water. I mean, it's so, it's, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, and it's in our, I mean, there's a lot in, in, in the news these days. There's lead issues. Yeah. Flint, Michigan. You oh, know yeah. what happened there. Oh, yeah. And I know. this is real stuff. We do take it for granted in this, in this country because we can, we can turn on our tap and be safe. I just, I just watched something on. Yeah. yeah I, we we will. I, I just, I'm talking about like the taking it for granted. I just saw something in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, something's going on, like not in Sydney area, but I think like somewhere further south or something where, where this woman was, can't feed her cattle. They can't, mm-hmm. there's just a massive drought. And yeah. these, these things, these cattle are dying. People are, 
It's just it's and we, we you know we have it's plentiful. Mm -hmm. So that we do I feel like there is we do take a lot of that for granted. We take it for granted. I mean the Safe Drinking Water Act is only guaranteeing that we don't die from our water. I mean if you, any government people watch this they might say I'm being a little bit too harsh there. Um, hey. They might get us on that one, but. Uh, really, ultimately, that's what it's there for. It's there to keep us safe, and that doesn't exist in other countries. I mean, I went, just went to, oh, I got sick in Cuba last year. Me and my friends all got sick. Um, that was not a fun process, yeah. you know? You gotta have a stool sample when you get back to see what's wrong. Nobody oh. wants to do that. <laughs> um, but when I was out in Bali uh, this year, uh, this summer, and you can't drink the water there either. And then they're like, okay, well, you can shower in it. Just don't open your mouth and guzzle a bunch of water. I mean, yeah. and that's a bacterial thing, right? So in the U.S., the stuff that causes immediate disease, cholera, dysentery, typhoid, all those things that people used to die from a long time ago, we don't die from anymore here, no. which is great. It's wonderful. Um, but those are all bacteria-driven type things. And you go to somewhere like Bali where they don't treat their water with disinfectant, you know, they have a lot more of those those. Things in their this water, making e. coli me nervous. and bacteria and stuff. Yeah. This is making me nervous for Tokyo, man. Yeah. Don't drink the water when you travel in I'm, general. Your tummy's no. not used to it, even if it is safe. I'm not drinking. I won't drink it. Drink bottled water. I'll just drink vodka and beer. Vodka and beer. That'll do it. And Gatorade. <laughs> vodka without ice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what was the yeah. other part of the? Well, you wanted you wanted to talk about touch on Flint. What yeah. what what's, what do we okay. want to talk on Flint? So Flint again, government people probably onto us on this one but That's um right. I got you back. so flint michigan it was a case of switching water supply from the lake to the flint river so they went from you know pulling from the great lakes and buying from detroit and said oh we'll save money we don't have to purchase the water from detroit switch to the flint river um the difference there is the the water quality was different it wasn't necessarily better or worse from the river to the lake but it was different so the the river was more acidic um so what happened over time, if they didn't, the city didn't put in buffering agents to buffer the mm -hmm. acidity of the water, what happened was uh, the Flint River water started to eat away at the, the scale in the pipes. So there was scale buildup over time, sediment, layers of silt and things over the years. Yeah. Well, that more acidic water starts to eat away at that. And then after it eats away at that, it eats away at the pipes. And... Anywhere that there was galvanized pipe in the distribution system, whether like lines to people's homes or, um, I don't think it was the actual distribution system of the city. I think it was more like to certain businesses or certain homes in the older areas. That's galvanized. And when you eat away at galvanized pipe, you're leaching heavy metals, leads and all kinds of other okay. things too. Um, lead was really the big one. So what was scary about Flint is, um, the lead levels were multiple, multiple times the EPA limits for, for safety. Yeah. Uh, so even if in those situations, if you were to put on a lead filter, whether it's ours or someone else's, a actual lead filter only removes, I think it's like 90% of lead. So it reduces by 90%. So if you're already way, way, way too high outside of the legal limits, you're still not reducing it through a filter down low enough to be safe. But it was like pockets of, of the city. Some places were good. Some were way out. Some were okay. Um, and that's just because of whatever the distribution system was to that area or that home or that business. Yeah. So um, wow. switching back to the switching back to water supply is is one thing. But um, they now have to replace all these distribution lines, and that's what's costly. 
but really it was more of a water chemistry issue that caused the problem to begin with. And hmm. I won't say anything about the legalities of that either. We don't want to we do don't, that. We don't want to do that. We don't want any beef. No. No beef, Angel. All right? Otherwise, we'll have to cook it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, um, another switch back to the back to the industry and, and, and the travel and everything. Um, what what are you seeing as far as technicians um, demographic wise? You know, with yeah. the, all the talk of the down the down and the decline of the skilled trades and the, mm-hmm. and the youth and um, you know we were here today doing some training here for us at Maliki and uh, you know I have two young guys, eighteen year old kids. Uh, what what are you seeing across the country as far as demographics? Is it changing? I mean, I'm sure you've talked about this in other episodes, but the demographic is slowly changing. I think there's hope. Um, I think that's the shift of just the awareness in our country, you know, in general, like when I was growing up, um, everybody goes to college. That was the mentality. Let's do everything we can to everybody go to college. Well, we've, we've seen that that doesn't, doesn't help our economy. That doesn't, you know, we have holes in industries now because we haven't pushed trades. So, um, I think we're still in that place where we have that (coughs) lack of people, but I think maybe the society overall is starting to take notice. I mean, You, you found your guys because the school started yeah. to say that, hey, let's have something for these people who might not go to college. Yeah. So there's a shift back to that, and I think that that's really good. Um, I think the industry's yet to see that turnover. It's yet to really have that happen. Yeah. Um, I know that there's some guys across the country with companies that have had some success recruiting, but I think that's just going to take time. I think the industry yeah. has to change overall. But... Um, Definitely still very middle-aged, white, male-dominated. I mean, just in general, the food service industry, as far as equipment yeah. things go to. Yeah, But from a service sure. service perspective, very much. For I mean, sure. I go to train a class, and there's definitely people who are like, what's she going to teach me? You know? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. slowly changing. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, even, even for, our, for our own company here, you know, small business, you know, the bulk of our guys, I would say, are probably 40 and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your guys that are, you know, 55. Yeah. And they might retire soon and you don't have anyone to They may place. maybe 10 years left, five years, depending on, you know, because this stuff, you know, it, it it's rewarding, it's lucrative, but it, it, it could be unforgiving to knees and backs and stuff like that over time. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I'm really, really working on here as far as getting the youth involved. And so hopefully, and, and I know there's other companies that are doing it. So hopefully we'll see the upswing. Yeah, definitely. Um, what would you tell the next generation of these young technicians coming in? Oh, man, that, it, it can be a career. I mean, I think, I think people fail to look at it as a career, more of a job. And I think, again, it's a societal thing. We don't look at trades. All the I kids mean, are you looking look at, at this. Yeah, you look at trades like a plumber or an electrician as a career. It's not but cool. you don't look at a it's service cool. tech as yeah. a career, right? But the opportunities are profound. There's so many opportunities here, and guys make really good money, and you can provide really well for your family. Oh my God! Um, Without know. a doubt, I, I I tell people this all the time. You know, over the next several years, maybe five te- te- five years, five to ten years, you know, this is going to be like one of those six figure jobs where you're gonna you're gonna be able to demand it because it's, it's just needed. Service yeah. companies like ours are busier than ever, and we need technicians are the lifeblood of what we do. Yeah, and it's a much more technical field these days. I mean. Obviously, you said kids are on their phone. Like, you you've got 
70,000 gallon coffee ovens with a phone basically like programming there's yes, there's changing. all of these other things it's not just wiring and plumbing anymore it's no. it's a uh, it's a computer you know yeah. it's it's making fried chicken with a burst of steam you're it's, not yeah. frying it it's, in the, te the technology is 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 coming it's coming it's it's been slow rolling i think in our industry but it's starting to catch up mm -hmm. and i think the next 5 years is going to be all wi-fi data you know data driven equipment right. that the owner of this equipment might not necessarily have to even be on site. He'll be getting alerts saying, you know, oven's running too hot or different things that are happening. And you'll be able to. Yep. You have programmable recipes now. Yeah. It's just insane what they can do. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's do, let's do two minute warning. Two minute warning, ladies minute and gentlemen. Favorite, favorite fast food. Uh, White Castle. Yeah, and White Castle. Everybody likes sliders, White Castle. <laughs> I love, I love White Castle at like 3 a.m. Oh, Jersey yeah. City, right off the boulevard. You want to, want to go, we'll go later. Um, what's your favorite color? Yellow. Yellow? That's an interesting color. It is. I don't wear it much. I, I enjoy your yellow shirt. It looks good. <laughs> I have yellow in my <laughs> pants. <laughs> um, favorite actor, actress? Oh gosh, that's a tough one. I, oh man, I don't know. I know, I don't know. I'm going to pull out an old school one. He hasn't been anything. Anthony Hopkins. Ooh. He's yeah. a good actor, man. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. Guys are genius. Cloudies. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, I know you just went to Bali. Would that, would that be your best trip? Yeah, yeah. Best definitely. trip ever? Definitely the furth furthest I've gone, longest I've been away. Definitely best trip Bali. ever. How long was that flight? Uh, well. Did you ever go direct? It was like 14 to Qatar, Qatar, how you yeah, say it. Yeah, yeah. And then it was another eight from there. That was to Singapore. We did Singapore and then it was two oh, and a half man. to Bali. But I did Singapore for a couple of days. Singapore is pretty cool too. That's nice. Yeah, um, but beautiful was, place, nice yeah. people. I was gonna ask a bucket list trip too. Is there any, what's, what's the next one? Is there another big one? Greenland, not Iceland, Greenland. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, like I want to do the whole trekking thing. Greenland, I like yeah, it. Yeah, see some, see some icebergs. And then we're just gonna, we're just gonna put this in here. If you don't like it, we can cut it out. All right, we'll cut it out if you want. Let's talk quick on relationships. Okay, yeah. All right? They suck, right? Yeah, is, there's some <laughs> bullshit going on down here in the tri-state area. And I'm going to call some dude out right now, but I won't. Let's first just, name, last name. Let's, let's, let's just call him the dude for now. Um, yes, yeah, so what's, what's going on in relationship world for Courtney? Oh, man. So I'm, I'm single. Single and available, guys. Uh, somebody's screwing up right now as we speak. Yep. Literally. See on YouTube, dude. Yeah, see on YouTube. Um, way to screw up. <laughs> you blew it, man. You blew it. <sighs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate. Guys it's are screwing up left and right. It's tough in the streets these days, it being is. single. I'm with it you. Is. It's tough. Yeah. So. It's hard out here for a gangster or whatever. Hard out here for a... What's, the, what's that is. song? Why I don't do you think guys are screwing up? Why are they screwing up? Oh, gosh, you guys. Commitment phobes. There's a lot of commitment phobes out there. I don't know. Do you guys always like waiting around for something better, or are you just like? Yeah. Yeah. You think there's something always better? Always looking for the next best to... thing. I think. I don't Is know. it the Instagram generation? You're all like, ooh, it, that chick's hot. I like her fake lips. And it, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Look <laughs> at a chick that looks like this, that, even though I look like a slug. This is IG world. I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. There's some. It's just. It's it's a it's strange. A yeah, I, I don't. I hate. I hate. I hate Tinder. Yeah. I don't do any of that stuff. I, I used to. I, I just. I don't get into it anymore. The dating apps are rough. I mean, I think as a as a thirty something female, about talking about age, 
I think what's hard, like, being a single woman is, like, I'm not, I've never been the type that's like, oh, I can't wait to get married and have babies. But, like, I think there are so many women that are that it's like I get categorized instantaneously. Yeah. So, in, I think men, if they're not necessarily ready for something or not ready to commit and have babies and all that kind of stuff, it's really, they're, they're really quick to associate me with that group of people. And, unfortunately, those women do exist and it makes it hard. Yeah. So, you get a really, you, you either get them to, like, running away or... Um, or they have the next best thing or whatever it is. But I, I feel I've been categorized yeah. before I've had a chance to. That, that, that could definitely be very true. Case. I yeah. mean, that's the, yeah, the, way that, the way guys think sometimes. I mean, um, especially when you're first meeting somebody, man, it's like, you know, I feel like after, after you have a certain few conversations, you could kind of gauge, like, if some, sometimes you, even desperation comes mm-hmm. off on a, on a girl. Like, I'm, you could tell what they, sometimes you could really yeah, tell they oh want my, it. Yeah, my biological clock is ticking. My eggs are dying. Yeah, like, like you could me. sense yeah. the desperation. Like, I could, you could you could see it on here from, from, from people, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, what is this girl well, then, putting yeah, their life out of here? Like, like, you're always having to be in a state of mind of, like, how am I coming across? Because it's like the texting agency, or t- texting age, it's like, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? You know, like, yeah. If I'm just trying to be funny or whatever, is that is is that acknowledged? Is that picked up on? And, and that is very difficult because again, as a female who isn't desperate, or at least I hope I'm not. It's like, am I coming across that way to this person? I don't know. You know, or are they yeah. automatically assuming that, even if, if that's not the case? So it's difficult. Yeah, it's tough in the streets. It's not easy, but. Mm-mm. We'll figure it out. One day at a time, man. We'll figure it out. One day at a time. We'll figure it out. So listen, we're going to close out the podcast right now. This is The Care Factor Season 1, Episode 3. Courtney with No You, Scharenberg. She is here. We talked about everything, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take this one down. I will see you on the next one. Stay blessed. What's up, Care Factor Nation? This is Rich Malachy here for Season 1, Episode four of the care factor podcast and i am here with a very special guest all the way from canada and his name is jared jared why don't you introduce yourself to the care factor nation hey guys uh my name is jared storley i'm i'm a, I'm a guy that's up in northern canada which is uh i guess if anybody knows where edmonton is i'm about four and a half to five hours north and we got our first snowfall today of about a couple of inches no so we're going to winter um Wow. I run a uh, a company up here that uh, just a new new startup uh, about uh, back in December of last year, and it's called uh, Fire Protect Services. Started off with uh, thinking you know I was going to do some fire protection, and then I moved more into the kitchen repair end of it. Uh, so in other words, commercial kitchens uh, kind of a love for fixing everything over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been uh, in and out of uh, the business for the past twenty three years, um, been doing different things for maintenance. I started cooking and at 17 years old on the line and then just went up from there. Uh, I've done camp and catering for the past 23 years of maintenance, looking after 12,000 beds a day across three provinces in the last seven years. So taking a step away from the, the big business to start my own is where I'm at. So, Yeah, so yeah. You, and you're, you said you're, you're a startup. You started a, just about a year ago now. Yeah, um, about a year ago with okay. my company, yeah. Um, and how many is it just you or do you have anybody else with you right now it's 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 built enough that i can keep myself out of trouble and then i'm going to slowly build i'm dealing with more with uh, sub-agent status and everything else with uh, a lot of the the bigger companies the ldis the russell Hendricks, um and a bunch of the other guys that are actually you know the, the the bigger guys 
the key yeah. foods are the guys, right? Okay. You know, sure. Those guys there, I work with with some of those guys as well. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what when when you got started in this business, um, what's what's kind of the goal here? I mean, because you know, you're obviously you know you're you're a young guy, you're you're looking to start get your own business. What's what's the big goal in this industry for you? The big goal is is to give quality service and care. Uh, at a at, at a you know a reasonable rate, and not cost burn our, our clients. Our clients have been so cost burnt over the past year just because of it, it's we're so far north of everything. It, it's hard for them to get that quick efficient. Everybody's a twelve hour turnaround on travel for just a simple repair. Oh wow! So that's kind of where I seen the niche, the, the opening for me to step in there. And there's only one other competitor up in this area. Um, Grand Prairie itself is 60, 60 almost 70,000 people, but the area we service is over 400,000. Okay. So oh. it, it's, it needed somebody here to help out with some of that stuff. So, yeah. So and you're, and you're doing, you're doing fire, fire protection. What, what does that entail? Cause I'm not too. Well, in our kitchens, in our kitchens, we have the hoods and we have the suppression systems in the hoods. Yeah. I look after uh, design install as well as the uh the, the recertification every six months is required by nfpa okay. and then i can also do fire extinguishers and i've got companies that back the cleaning end of it too so okay and then and of course you've got, obviously you've added the commercial cooking uh into what you're doing you're here repairing griddles and fryers and steamers and all that stuff anything i can get my hands on or anything that's broken at this point in time i love it it's just it's it's the best thing in the world because it keeps your your brain thinking about it all that's where this is perfect. Yeah. And so me and you have kind of, uh, through, through media, kind of talked about maintenance and stuff like that. Um, I, know, I know you're a big proponent for maintenance, as, I'm, as am I. Um, if, we're, if we're talking to the end-user restaurant right now, your customer, you know, what do you, what do you want them to know about how important maintenance is? Well, I, I've, I've helped with uh, some big companies and everything else developed a, a maintenance program from a zero standpoint where there was no maintenance. And the cost standpoint from a reactive maintenance side is so expensive it can be anywhere from a four percent you know four times the amount to a 10 or 50 times the amount if something breaks down on on your guys's line which in the same factor breaks down all the the rest of it if they have one critical piece down they can't perform half the stuff they, they should be they have to think around it and it's twice as long on, on the production lines yeah so for them maintenance would be the keyest thing if we can go in there and and make sure that this doesn't fail at the, at the predetermined rate, it's going to be better for all of us because it's going to be, well, I'll do this now before you ever have a downtime. And then the same thing is it'll be way better for all of us that it's cleaner. It's, it's in a more effective time for them, not right in the middle of the service. Yeah. And that's, you know, talk, I, I always talk about maintenance to our customers. We're constantly talking, having meetings with our technicians to try to relay this information to our tech, to our, to our end user customer, because, you know, like you said, reactive service calls can be very costly. And, you know, and I always I always want to try to be on the up and up every time. You know, this is, you know, maintenance is not going to get rid of all reactive calls. It's not, it's not true. It's just not possible. You know, parts are going to fail. But, you know, if we're on the upswing and we're checking this stuff out on a quarterly basis, we're cleaning coils, we're checking voltages, we're checking door gaskets, and all these things that can maybe, you know, forecast what's coming, we can start you know the process of saying hey let's repair this gasket now so your compressor doesn't work over time let's start doing certain little things like that you bet. yeah 
And like, like I say, we, you know, everybody changes their oil like 5,000 kilometers or, four, you know, or however many thousand miles. Yep. It's no different. You're changing that, you're changing your air filter. If there's air restriction, you're not going to get the airflow. You're not going to get fuel economy. Everything's going to start breaking down if you don't look after that. So how is a piece of critical equipment any different? It, yeah, I mean, it's true. And, you know, these, they're, they're investing so much money into these ovens and steamers and grills, 20, 30, 40, 50,000, you know, and it's like, like you said, well, same with the car. Over the doctor for for us, I mean, we go to the doctor to get tests and stuff. We have, you know, because we don't want our parts to fail inside of us, right? So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's just true. Um, so, you know, I'm 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 pretty big out here trying to um, bring the skilled trades of our of our our area of the skilled trades to light, you know, food equipment service and stuff. Um, we're talking right now, right now, me and you, we're gonna we're talking to the next generation of techs. What are you telling these guys or girls? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, trades is an excellent thing. Um, I started off in, in, in life working as a journeyman carpenter. I started, I got my apprenticeship at a young age, and then I worked through and got my journeyman status. You know, that was more of a, a background pass just to make sure, because I was always doing maintenance. It's always something to always fall back onto, right? But I never had to put out the expense of school like somebody else would. Um, school is very expensive if you have to go into it for a 10-month period or, you know, three years or 10 years, whereas with an apprenticeship, or the trades related stuff, you have a very short window of time, but you don't can't learn everything from from books. You can't. Books are about that much. The rest of the world is well. Let's just take the screen out here. It's that much. <laughs> it's true. And you know, uh, up here in Alberta, we have a program. Uh, it's at appliance service repair, and we have the residential side. And, and they just recently, in the last probably five years, did one for the commercial side of things. So they actually have a, an apprenticeship program that was put together by a local company here, LDI. And they, they, the guy I was talking to the owner of it yesterday, to tell, to tell you the truth, and he was saying that he was the one of the ones that helped with the, the build of the whole apprenticeship program. It's an amazing program, right? And you could probably attest, I don't know if there's anything just as much for your guys' side, or is it more on the, the bigger trades, the, the gas, the electrical, everything else? I don't know if there's the individual trading like, you, like we have. I mean, there's there's trade schools over here. Is that what you're talking about? Trade schools. Yeah. General? Yeah. I mean, we have uh, there's ones over here. Lincoln Technical is a big one. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of HVAC stuff going on there, and nothing really geared towards the food equipment side or or the commercial dishwashing side. So, you know, it's it's you you do have to find a company like ours at this point to get on board with and get hands-on training and have us send you down to Cefesa for the for the trainings, the new, new technician trainings and manufacturer training um so there is talk about in 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 the halls here about putting together a digital training module here um not necessarily that that's gonna uh you know teach teach somebody you know everything they need to know but it's kind of like a we're looking at it as a first stepping stone um to having some kind of background um before you get started it's going to give you knowledge on you know on on parts and what they do um minor knowledge on gas and steam and electric and stuff like it just just minor stuff so when they get to a van to train they've already got something you know sometimes you put someone on a van green they don't know anything about anything we're hoping that's going to kind of bridge that gap yeah and we, we've uh, you know i've been really, really good I, I always push the trades i uh, want any younger people um my nephews and stuff they they drive me nuts all the time they're on 117 one's four one's 14 but I pushed the one and he's already going into a trade. He wants, he's doing something. He said electrician he wants to do eventually. He's in his great, his, his senior year right now. So he's thinking about next steps. 
And it's it's excellent to see. Like his dad's a, uh, an instrumentation tech and all this other stuff. So the trades is an excellent way for everybody to get the money you need for training, the the experience you need for the trade, experience you need for the job. And the secondly, it's one heck of a way to learn. I, I enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. I learn every day, even though I don't have a guy telling me. I've got. I'm learning more and more every day. Every time I touch something, it's the same thing, and you never stop. But this is an excellent, you know, push towards it. Also, it, it is. I mean, I, I um, I, we just did a segment yesterday, um, where we I was in Newark, New Jersey, by uh, Rutgers University, and we were uh, we stopped only a few few kids, uh, college kids in their twenties, maybe early late, you know, early twenties, to see if they even heard of the food equipment service industry. And of the four people, all four said no. They had no idea anything about it. Yeah. So, you know, the more we talk about it, that's why we got to talk about it as much as we can, put it on our, our all of our platforms, continue to connect, engage and, and build it because, you know, you know, as well as I do that, you know, it's becoming, you know, it's going to become harder and harder to find people to come and fix these things. And it's. It, it already is. Busy. It's already it's already hard to find anybody to fix these things. And so you see a lot of the customers that I've got now and clients they've got four people coming in to do jobs and when they could have one company and that's where they're starting to realize with, with me, they got, it's kind of a one-stop shop. If I can't do it, I'll find the next, my next contractor work with me to help get to that point. So then they, they don't have to call four people and, that, and that's kind of what we're all looking for. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's for, for us right now, we're, no, we're small business um, here in Jersey and um, you know, I have 13 technicians and I definitely could use 23 or 24 with with the load we have and i mean i i i I got two guys we hired from the high school um they you know college wasn't going to be for them so they've been on a van now since pretty much july perfect and uh you know they're doing they're doing well i got them in hvac school and we're picking up the tuition for that and uh hoping you know maybe next year this time they're going to be ready to go so yeah yeah. i built a few journeyman trades guys electricians gas fitters plumbers um carpenters even even HVAC guys, I built through the last company I was working with. I was the guy that pushed to make sure these guys could get all that stuff, and because it's it's important, it's really important to have that stuff. And we're never going to get our, you know, the stuff is getting more and more technical. And if you don't have a technical feed background, it's going to get harder and harder to understand. Yeah, and, I, and that's that's one of the things too I want to talk about, especially with the two young guys we have. You know, technology is going to take over the kitchens. It really is. I mean, the touch screens. Wi-Fi and data. I mean, that's what it's all going to come come down to for for business owners. I think going forward, they want everyone wants data. It's data driven world. Um, you could be you know sitting in your house and changing menus for the day on your ovens and different things. I mean, and and, and for the service service calls too. I mean, you know we're going to get to know updates about things that are going down before anybody knows it. You know, blow motors on the on the way out. You know, we yep. can shuffle with the part now. You've already got the part on route before you get there, so you know exactly what it is. So these pieces are going to be identified. <clears throat> Up here, we're still dealing with the, the old school stuff. The uh, more, more and more, it's just the you know the old school mechanical. We're starting. I'm starting to push the rationale into things. Um, the rationales, the convotherms, the, all the, all the stuff you see, um, all the steam generated, all, all the computerized stuff. That's I'm starting to push it more and more to a lot of these people. The ones that are already starting to get it is the A and Ws and all those guys. They're starting to see all this stuff. And it's the rest of the world that's not, right? But yeah. it takes a while for them to understand it. Um, I've got a big client that I deal with, and they, they got one they use for shows. They, they, they bring them in. 
they bring the rationale comes in and does all their their training and all their their live cooking demonstrations right at this venue yeah nice so perfect yeah um so in in our industry obviously we have um some different associations are you from you're familiar obviously you're familiar with Cefesa. i am yeah uh okay are you a part of it i i, I know we talked about it no. recently no, I, ha I haven't been yet. I'm um, just because of the sheer cost of it and the startup, new startup. So I'm still working towards, uh, you know, a lot of them, uh, you know, right now I'm on the fire side of mem members and all that stuff, as well as, you know, I've been talking more and more. I've been doing this 23 years. And I've never had a, a certification. So I'm starting to go towards that to see those. And, I, and I, I have to, I have to, there's no way around it. And, you know, it's just takes some time building the funds towards it. Like, so this is a, a big cost, big, big cost. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you, you could, I, I don't know all the exact prices, but um, putting the cost aside just for the conversation here, um, you know, because we did talk about how to, you know, and this is this is this is geared towards maybe someone out there that's listening about service companies and how how we, um, you know, work together and, and build relationships and everything. You know, it, you got to look at what does what does that price get you? You know, there's there's a cost for for everything in life, um, but if you are a service company, especially if you're a startup and you really want to be connected to the food equipment service world, you know, you're gonna go there and you're gonna see all the guys or girls that matter. And um, building these relationships take time. It's gonna take years to develop all this stuff. You know, you got dinners and conferences and meetings and all kinds of stuff. I'm going to NAFM. I don't know. Are you going down to NAFM? I've I've heard I'm not heading down to anything quite yet, but yeah, that's all those different ones I've been in, been in. Uh, you know, I've been researching for years with the co previous company I was with, and of course they didn't want to do any of those things because you no know, cost benefit, and they didn't think it was worth it. To me, I think it's worth it, and eventually that's where I'm going to be probably a member of each one of these things. It's the only way that I can guarantee that I'm up to date on everything. Yeah, that and and again, for your for your growth um, as a company, uh, the relationship thing is is the be all end all if you ask me that's my opinion. um so Cefesa definitely something to look into you know and again i know there's monetary things that you have to look at for your business but i would put that on your on your list definitely and also to go to nafm because every other year that is right now this year is down in orlando we're going to be down there um and it's great because you get to walk into all these booths um and talk with the you know the national service managers and you know give them your card and you're talking to them and you're you're building some you got some FaceTime and you're you're building, you know, and this is and then one day, six months after that Napham show, someone reaches out to you, hey, you're in Canada, we need some help over here in, in this area. Can you help? And this is just how it happens. It just happens that way. So yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. So and on another note, um, you know, we're talking a lot here about um food the food equipment digital disruption. Um we put I put a group together on Facebook, which you're obviously in. And, uh, you know, we're looking to really build awareness for the industry because there's there's not too much going on in our industry on, on, on the media end. I, I, although I do see a lot more happening all of a sudden at Nowhere. So um, it's working. What, what this, the first things that you started to do is we're working really well because it's given everybody that boost to say, oh, by the way, hey, look, Rich is doing that. Hey, we should maybe add on to that. Hey, Rich is doing this. Let's, yeah, let's just tag into it. You're kind of the... I was bugging one of the marketing guys I know, and he said, I said, if you want to see somebody that posts more than you, I said, try, just, just look after Rich. He'll show you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And that's what we're trying to promote. It's, it's all about consistency and, um, and 
just getting stuff out there, keep posting every single day and engaging, engaging, engaging. It's, I mean, that's what it's all about. And, you know, I often get asked, you know, what, 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 what's, what's the point? What's the point? Or what's the, what's the return on the investment and all this stuff? Um, cause you know, when you, when you start doing stuff like this, people want to see instantly like what, what is social it's, it's, I tell you, but it's, it's a relationship. You're building relationships online basically, yeah. you know, and you don't, you know, become best friends with one post with somebody, you know, it's like you go out, you're hanging out with them. It, it, this is like, it's, it's, it's time. So right. in three to five years, things start to happen when you're consistent. Well, yeah, like, and, and uh, just to be exact on that is you and myself, we started talking, I don't know, it was almost six, eight months ago, probably back, uh, just started with that, hey, well, look what this guy's doing. And all of a sudden, we just, just struck up that conversation and it went further and further. We started adding, you know, balancing things. And, and you can see some of the consistency to that. And it's actually, I can see more people adding, asking for, you know, hey, can I, can I make a connection with you? My connections on LinkedIn have probably doubled in the last year. My connections on even all the other stuff has started to, has started to see the same thing. Yeah. And that's and that's because the consistency, like you say, if you're consistent posting or adding these things or saying things or at least, you know, pushing some of the driver factors up, it's going to it's going to come up. Yeah. And, and opportunities are going to arise from from what you're doing, because as long as you're, you know, you're being genuine and authentic and you're bringing the person watching or, or you know, whether it's video, audio, written, whatever it is, as long as you're bringing value to them, you know, they're going to want to follow you. They're going to want to see what you're doing next. And, you know, that, oh, that's, that's the relationship builder right there. And then, you know, other people are going to see it. And all of a sudden you're going to get messages. Hey, Rich, can you cover, you know, we're a manufacturer of so-and-so. Can you cover New Jersey for us? Hey, I mean, I've had many opportunities arise this year. And I've been blown away by it, honestly, because um, in years past, I wasn't really a big supporter of, of media, to be honest. This yeah. is kind of recent for me. Good. Well, no, it's, it's done you well. And that's. Where, like you said, the, I see you got Rationale and Duke, and, and then you start seeing those those other ones coming into play, and those are big, big players. So it's it takes a long time to build their trust and a long time to build the confidence for them to actually say phone you back. But if you can hit them constantly, and they're seeing you doing things, that yeah. you're, you're going the right direction. Yeah, thank you. But um, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about uh about your your company. So you guys um in Canada, um, twenty four seven. I'm sure. Oh, yes. 24-7. Um, is there any specific, I'm not familiar with Canada, is there any kind of specific licenses or anything you guys need to operate? Um, just insurance. You have to have enough insurance to cover all your stuff um, in case, you know, for if something happens. But I've got a, I have more than adequate coverage because of the fire protection side of it. It's So that's the only thing that's, that's kind of the saving grace on it is I cover more than I should. But it's still, it's, uh, and then usually it's the, uh, they want to see some type of, uh, I guess how it is, is the, you have to have the knowledge base and because of the years of experience, the knowledge base, and I'm working with the apprenticeship board to, to actually make sure that the knowledge base is actually recognized for me. Because right now, because of me being a carpenter for so many years, I've, I had to fix it, but you got no choice. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Most of the stuff I've worked on is five to seven hours in the bush away from where I am. And, and so the, the, you know, the, they trust me to understand how to fix it. And that's where the, where the trust factors came back down to that, that these guys here in town are trusting me to look after that too. So as long as you're not touching the complete service side, so the electrical side, you can touch it from the outlet in to into the machine. And then from the gas line into the machine, you can touch. So you can't do the actual mechanical stuff or the, the actual full stuff on the back side, but everything else is trusted on it. So 
Yeah, same, same here. I was just curious if there's any, anything different that Canada requires or so, you know, we were EPA certified for, you know, to reclaim refrigerants and stuff like that. Yeah, you would have to be, I'm not EPA certified, but I'm going to add, a, add an, on the HVAC pieces so that I have that EPA certification and I have a guy that can go fix the cold side of things. I can, I'm a controls guy. I've always been a controls guy. <clears throat> I can go into any controls and repair anything. Same with any type of gas or controls on any type of stuff. It's just a mechanical know-how. Um, but it's it'll be nice to have that, that extra safety net behind you, right? And that's sure. where I'm looking at. So nice, yeah. And so, so some of your clients, I don't got to name the actual clients, but are you are you in schools or where? Where's where's a lot of your? Uh... Um, a lot of my stuff is actually straight restaurants at this point in time. Um, you know, there's the big uh, franchise restaurants up here um, that that I work with. There's one local one that's they've got five locations in in Grand Prairie alone. Uh, as well as, you know, they've got more stuff that comes up. I've been talking to some of the bigger, bigger chains, um, trying to get those guys into here too. But there's always big restaurants, and then there's a lot of owners that own stuff across Canada. Mm-hmm. So they've got uh, the one lady I'm dealing with, she's got 11, uh, four locations around here, but she's got 11 across Canada. So mm-hmm. those, those, those ones there could be bigger longer term. But right now, she says I can look after local stuff. So, And that's, that's where the start is. But there's, you know... There's lots of opportunity. It's just getting in, in that constant push and getting in behind them and talking to them and driving and driving and driving and not stopping until they, you know, I'll let you fix this and see what you do. <laughs> and that's yeah. where I'm at still. Is there still a lot of guys saying, well, "We'll just hold on a second? Yeah. It, it's it's not it's a the the you know patience hustle um, the grinding every, all that stuff has to come into play and you have to kind of keep on going every day. Just keep on hitting and hitting and hitting until. Until somebody says, "Okay, let's give you a shot." Yeah, you're right. You you have to keep at it. Um, don't be discouraged. But so um, uh, so okay. So talking more about um, in, in you know in here, excuse me, <laughs> in in here we're um talking a lot about uh, scheduling and we're so busy and everything like that. Um, you know, and then I feel like there's often a perception. You know, I don't know if you get calls sometimes. Um. Where, where they say, hey, can you just can you just run here? Can you just go do this? Can you just come and install that? And it's, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like people may think that we have vans idling on the curb, like waiting for these calls to come in sometimes. Um, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what what kind of um, call load you're 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 running on on a daily basis. Um, for us, I know I you know I, I like to build break down the perception of what service companies are actually doing on a daily basis. You know, and how every call is different and, you know, you anticipate this call is going to take this much time and all of a sudden your tech is there for this much time. And then all these calls are like, well, we have to either push them out somewhere else or they're going to have to go back tomorrow. And you don't want to piss people off, but there's so many factors that come into play every day. I don't know what you're saying for your favorite. Right, right now, because it's, it's, uh, I'm still trying to drive everything with these people, is I still have the time on mine to, to jump into a, you know, a one-hour call later on in the day and just go, go see what it is. Or run in, okay, well, I'm kind of busy doing this, but I'm on my way here. Let me stop here while I'm going through. They've got the perception that, you know, one call, okay, well, he'll, he'll look at it real quick anyway. Um, it's going to come down to the point where, you know what, there's not going to be the time where I'm going to look at it today. It's going to be tomorrow. And, but it's, we've always been able to schedule things, um, even with my previous employer. I was the guy that built the schedules and, under, and understood how the schedules run. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. It's the, the perception is it's broken. I need it fixed. Well, yeah, you're not going to get it fixed today, not necessarily, yeah. but we're going to try. And that's right. where it is. You know, if we got 20 calls ahead of you that were that were emergent, 
you're you're gonna have to wait till tomorrow. If we got calls, you know, how what is it? Okay, well, can you live with it? Well, yeah, we're okay. We can limp it along till tomorrow. Perfect. And then they're they're really easy going. A lot of the clients I have right now, and that you know, there's a couple of them that are just perfectly great on it. Oh yeah, if you get to it next week, we'll deal with it. We're good. That helps when you have someone like that. I mean, I don't know. Here in Jersey, I don't want to say I don't. You know, and I'm a Jersey guy, but yeah. I, I don't want to say that we're uh, rude and angry. And but we we can you know down here in Jersey, we can be that way. You know, we don't want to hear about tomorrow. You know, a lot of customers don't want to hear it. It's rough sometimes. It, it, it is, but that's the nature of the beast. The service has always been that you know something breaks, you got to fix it. If it takes time getting parts, it takes time getting parts. You know. Some stuff is, is easy fixed with, uh, you know, all I needed was that, uh, that one half inch screw to run back into it so it doesn't leak or one little bolt or something just so it doesn't rattle for today. Those things there are great, but, you know, I'm uh, I'm trying most parts. I'm, you know, I'm saying it's a one day fix um, on, on average. Sometimes it will be a three day fix depending on where, where if I have to order special or something from cross country or in the States. And that's the, they understand that they're, they're pretty, pretty easy, even going on that. A lot of people. There's, there's the one offset. Oh, you know, I need to fix it today. What, what am I supposed to do without an ice machine? Well, maybe if you maintained it for a couple of years before I got here, you'd have an ice machine tonight. But right now, yeah. you don't. <laughs> Where's the part? Oh, it's four days out because it's coming from come from Orlando. Well, why is it coming? Because that's the only place to produce the part. Sorry, right. guys. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not easy. Definitely not easy running uh, running a service board. Um, no. You know, everybody wants it yesterday, and. Yep. Uh, you know, and then we're sitting here today for us again as a, as a company as we're growing. You know, we're we're starting to, you know, put together level one, level two, level three kind of customers, and you know, the key accounts right now are beginning to take precedence. Um, I mean, I'm I'm at a point where for us, we're we're telling you know, if you're not a key account, unfortunately, there's a two to three week lead time right now for me to get to somebody outside wow. that realm. Um, yeah, I mean, because we, we've been picking up some national chains, and we're doing you know twenty of these and forty six of these, and uh, we do a, a store like we do like something like Seven Eleven here. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of Turbo Chefs, and uh, they have one hundred and fifty five stores that we handle, you know, and they have about you know anywhere from two to six or eight Turbo Chefs in in every location. So we're in those locations every single day. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been tough. We need tech. We need techs. The name of the game. Oh. And that, and that's exactly where it is. Tech, tech, tech. Like that's we, you know, you see on all the posts. What's your biggest hurdle? <laughs> no guys, no guys, and no training. <laughs> yeah, we have this much work and this many techs. Yeah, it's, it's it's wild. But I'm hoping I'm hoping to continue to build and, and put all this out there and uh, attract attract the next generation, attract the attract the youth to to understand that this is such a lucrative career. So I'm a six figure. It's a six figure income when you get in and you learn. And you know, of course, these kids might hear six figure income. Oh, well, we're not talking about in your first year. You know, these kids got to understand this yeah. is this is a hustle. This is a grind. Like you said, it's work. Yeah. Got to train. You got to learn. You got to learn. All of a sudden, five years from now, you're a really good tech, and it's like, damn, I'm making eighty, ninety, hundred thousand a year. It's yeah. possible. You just got to want it. That's what it is. Yeah, the, the drive and the hustle has to be there. And, and, and I've seen guys, and that's where I put guys through trades because I've seen the drive from the guys. I, I see a company, a local company here, an uh, electric company that he, that he started as a first-year apprentice electrician with me years ago. He walked through a whole apprenticeship with me, the previous company, and now he's been working for three years himself with uh, his own company, and his company is phenomenal here in town. 
Yeah. And that's what you see is that that's the type of people we need more and more of. And so, you know, me, uh, my next step is if I'm going to be looking for something, I'd rather train somebody to do my, to do what I'm doing. Yeah. I'd rather have them know what I know, because at least I know I can trust them to do the job. Exactly. Do it the right way. Yeah. So, well, Jared, let me ask you, uh, let's talk a little bit about family. Your, fa your uh, family married? I've been married 15 years. I've been with my wife for 20. Um, I've got two girls that actually turned in two weeks. I got twin girls that turned uh, 10 years old. Oh, so wow. I got two of them. They're hiding downstairs someplace right now because they're supposed to go for dentist appointments in an hour. But they're, uh, yeah, but I've got that's And I, all my family lives here. Uh, my wife was born and raised in Grand Prairie. I was born in pretty much, I've been here 30 years since 1989. Um, so, you know, this is home. Grand Prairie is home. My mom's still here. My my you know my in laws are still here. There's grandmother, parent, grandparents all around, and everything else. So there's lots of family. Lots of family. That's a good thing. So what what is what's their uh, are they big big supporters of of what you want to do and everything in the in the trades game? Um, always was. Yeah, yeah. My my biggest supporter was always my mother. My mother was the one that pushed me. She said, if you're not going to go to school, you go to you go do some trade stuff. And, and she said, I want you to get a trade, so at least you have something to fall back on. You know, dad said, well, you can go to the oil patch and do all your stuff. I said, well, I'll do that for a bit just to get some money in my pocket. And then I'm going back to the trade stuff. So, yeah. but no, uh, we did, uh, I worked with my parents. My parents ran a camp and catering company and then mom took it over and she wow. ran it and I ran it with her and she retired uh, probably 10 years more earlier than most people. She was 52 years old and she retired. Wow. Nice. So she sold her company and retired and she's been, she's been living happily. She's, she goes back and forth. She's in Arizona right now. I'll tell you the truth. So, oh yeah. Yeah, she snowboards it every year. Her and her husband. So nice. Do you uh, do you ever make you ever make it to the U.S.? Uh, every once in a while, we we yeah. we we make a trip down there. You know, uh, we're it's it's getting to be just there's so much going on with me right now, and then my wife runs her own business, so she nice. she's got her own stuff, and I got my own stuff. So the two of us have to figure out <laughs> the family time to, to get down to the states again. So have you been, have you ever been to New York City? No. No. Okay. All right, we got to get you over here. Yeah, well, my wife, that's one on her, on her bucket list, and her my mother-in-law's bucket list is one of me. She wants to go check out New York. So. Right. Well, when you get over here, I'm, I'm 15 minutes outside of Manhattan, so if you oh. ever get over here, you could, uh, I could, me and my team could take you guys out for sure. Well, you need locals to find all the right spots because you know what? Find them on your own and read and flipping through a book because now we've done always the easiest yeah. thing. So, yeah, definitely. Well, when I was younger because we were so close, we used, I mean, we used to run into the city all the time. That's where we would hang out on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's that was cool. Um, so uh, we'll we'll close this we'll close this episode out. Um, any any last words for again? I'm I'm pushing this big time for the next generation. Tell these guys and gals. Tell them what what's 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 the best part maybe about being in this industry for you? The best part about being in this industry is actually the people you work with and around. There, there's so many characters in those kitchens and those restaurants. Those people are amazing. They walk in there, and I don't think I have ever walked into any kitchen and I have, even when they're in the worst possible situation because of a breakdown, they still got smiles on their face and they're telling you exactly, they're, they're laughing and carrying on with you. If you, they're not grumpy, they're not nothing, all these guys, and that's great. And, and that's, you know, that's the thing that makes you want to go back in there and makes you want to, you know what, what else you guys got? Come on, break something today so I can come back tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. So, but also the opportunity to, to, to learn and to, and to be a part of that is, is going to be one that's big for everyone. Anyone in the younger ages, step, take a step out of high school, step right into something, and, and if you can get something you love as well as we do, that's the only way to be. 
you know, I love what I do. I've always loved making sure things stay running. Uh, you know, taking that blender apart of mom's at five years old, it, she'd be the, you know, that, so that, that sort of stuff, that drive has been there since, since before I could even lift a screwdriver off of them. It's, it's the pride, you know, it's, it and, and, you know, that you're getting something up. And I used to, I used to look, you know, we had a meeting not too long ago, a company meeting, you know, we're talking about, you know, I said, I know we're not saving lives, right? All right. We're not doing that, but, but we are saving people's livelihoods and we're set, we're saving, saving people's businesses and we're, you know, it's not just about the equipment, you know, that's, so it really, people, it is all about the people. So, you know, if, if you love helping people, man, I mean, that's, aside from the pay and everything else that comes with it, that's the reward. I mean, you get to help people get back to business. Yeah. I could have never been a doctor cause I, I'd never work, but I can, I can do surgery <laughs> on a machine anytime. Either. I'm with you. So, yeah. all right, cool. Well, Jared, I appreciate you uh, taking some time with me um, to talk today. Um, I am going to close out the care factor. Uh, season one, episode four. I appreciate you guys uh, being here with me. Um, don't forget to go follow on YouTube, Malachi TV. We'll see you next time. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to season one, episode five of the Care Factor podcast. We are here live and direct today. It's November. We are here with a very special guest here, Kurt Melendez, a senior service technician here at Maliki Parts and Service. We are going to talk shop today. What's real in the field? What's going on? It's Kurt over here. I'm over here having some fun, getting up with the boss, man. Not every day we could do this, but I mean, we got some downtime because of the weather and then we're coming into the wintertime, so... 
I figured we put some good information out there, put it in your ear, and um, keep it moving. <laughs> I like it. So uh, let's let's just talk a little bit about who you are, um, and maybe the first step would be what did you do before you became a technician? Wow. Okay. Let's go back. Let's go way back. All right. Um, well, when I graduated high school, I went into the military. I was Army Infantry stationed. I went out to uh, Iraq in 04, stationed out of Schofield Barracks, Hawaii. Um, as soon Thank as I got you. out the military, started doing HVAC refrigeration and going on, going on 15 years actually this month because my birthday. So wow. And how old are you going to be? 35. Ooh, he's catching up. He's catching up to me. Um, so here, here we are, uh, 2018, um, and we wanted to hit some uh, industry hot topics, right? So. I'm getting I'm getting maneuvered in the face here. I'm getting smashed in the face. All right, we good? All right, we're cool. So let's hit let's hit some some topics right out of the gate. We want to talk about warranty because warranty is such a massive topic in our industry. Um, let's talk about as a technician when you're out there, what's truly covered under warranty? Let's tell the end user folks, the people running restaurants, commercial kitchens, managers, uh, facility maintenance engineers, all the people that are running kitchens that are just buying new equipment that think everything is covered under warranty. Let's talk about what's really covered. All right, warranty. First things first, you have to have a licensed service rep that is licensed for that individual piece of equipment to work on the unit. You cannot call your mom and pop shop up the block. We go <laughs> out right. there and I can automatically tell if it's been worked on or tapped into, we do have the right to technically void your warranty, whether it be true. And and, and with that said, you know, per the manufacturer that we represent, they don't want anyone unauthorized touching their equipment. That does void the warranty, but go ahead. Absolutely. Whether it be true, Randell, Rationale, Wolf, does not matter. If it's under warranty, call that warranty distributor, or I'm sorry, call the company, the service whether company. The, yeah. call Randell or True or whoever it is, and they're going to tell you who can work on it. Because you would not believe how many, how many times we go out to places and they have their guys go out there work on it, it'd be the wrong thing, and then pow, their people's warranties are voided due to the fact they did not have a reputable contractor working on their equipment. True. Yeah. What's not covered under warranty? Light bulbs. Wear and tear. Wear and tear. If you run over your power supply cord, it is not covered under warranty. Uh -huh. If you don't keep up with the maintenance Right. Of your equipment that can void your warranty. All warranty is, is manufactured defects. Mm -hmm. If a compressor fails, a start component fails, those will be covered under warranty. Exactly. There are temp fixes to get you temporarily up and running, but it has to be repaired correctly to keep your warranty. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah, and there's there's a lot of nuisance calls that happen. Um, we get calls sometimes for us uh, to go plug a unit in. Checking a breaker, something simple like checking a breaker or, or gas equipment. T people turning the gas off at night, the morning crew coming in, nothing's working. These are all non-warranty issues. And they, a lot of them can be avoided if we all just slow down a little bit. You know, the customer, end user calling in, you got to slow down. I know your, your business is... 
um, the top of your priority and getting the food out and those top priority and all that, but um, slowing down and kind of giving us all the information necessary to maybe avoid that $200 trip for us to come out. We don't want to give that to the customer. You know, we're happy to come and, and keep you guys serviced and, and running, but you know, we got to slow down and, and talk, talk it out, you know, which is why, and I don't even know, you know, we don't talk about this too much from the office standpoint. We do send the warranty disclaimer form out. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and what this is essentially is getting information all the way up to a credit card. Yep. It was funny. I was actually on a call down in a uh, freehold just the other day. And, um, I went out to the call. The unit wasn't plugged in brand new unit, never plugged in. Customer calls and said the unit's not working. All you gotta do is if there's no power to it, see if it's plugged in, something simple. Little nuisance calls like that can save you guys hundreds of dollars. It's because some, a call like that will not be covered under warranty. No. That's user error. And so to, to, to continue to educate, you know, again, we are in business, right? So when Ever the wheel starts spinning on a technician's van, on your van, it is not cheap. Nope. It's expensive. And be, aside from the insurances that we carry, aside from the, the salary that the technician's making and the gas and the tolls, and remember, we're carrying thousands of dollars in inventory on van. There's a lot of money that goes into what happens before you even get there. Yep. And if we get there to do that, someone has to pay for that time. We sell time. So... You know, a lot of this stuff, again, there's a lot of nuisance stuff that can be avoided, but, and, and we send the disclaimer form, even though you might've just spent 10,000, 20,000, $30,000 on a piece of equipment, you know, we didn't sell the equipment. We didn't install the equipment nine times out of 10. We're just showing up to try to resolve your service issue. And if it is not a defect to the unit, as you said, the customer is going to be responsible um, in most cases. And that's why we do have to get a credit card form to cover ourselves as a business that we are trying to run profitably. The other, the other day I went in a training. I was actually dealing with an ITV um, manufacturing company for the ice machines. And they told me, we go out on a warranty service call for ITV. Regardless of us as a company, we will get paid through the warranty manufacturer. But the ITV or True or Rationale will end up coming for the customer to pay the bill for something that's not covered under warranty. We need to be aware of the simple things out there. Every 3,000 miles, you guys know you need to change the oil in your car. It's the same thing with cleaning a coil. Just yeah. all it is is popping up that grill cover, putting a rag through it or a quick brush, and that's it. Which we're actually going to be showing showing you guys over the course of the next couple of weeks, these quick five-minute fixes that can get you guys running and eliminate the nuisance calls. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's there's a, there's a lot there's a lot to talk about on this subject, especially with warranty, um, and from the service company standpoint, you know, and, and again, this is not mentioning any manufacturers. It's not about that, but it is, um, it, it's it's an issue that service companies deal with as far as getting paid, because you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm and I'm gonna be can be very you know I'm gonna reiterate this over and over again. We are a business to be profitable too. And we do have to account for all the dollars and, uh, getting rejections by a manufacturer 
it it just it slows us down as a company and you know we want to be there for the customer at the end of the day so um kind of just having an understanding from both both angles of what we're both doing trying to do here and helping each other so get get us that information when we send that disclaimer form even though you know you might feel you don't you shouldn't have to supply a credit card to the service company again we're here providing a service and if there is no defect to the unit somebody has to pay for that call and you know if, if it's the customer or the end user then that's that's just the way it is i mean you know we didn't make the rules we didn't make the laws this is just the thing this is the world we were given yep so let's let's switch gears a little bit because i know um as service companies in general we're always busy you guys are always busy um but i think there's maybe a misperception about how technicians are um are, are maneuvering through their days and how service companies are maneuvering through their day scheduling because we're not always five minutes away let me tell you what let's talk five about that minutes away <laughs> can you just swing by can you just swing your guy by i don't think i've ever been five minutes from a call in the past 14 15 years doing this <laughs> me being one of the technicians in new jersey that actually travel the state of new jersey now i just don't do north we just don't do northern we don't do central not southern we do all the new jersey territory we go into new york and sometimes into pennsylvania there are times where I'm driving 80 miles to get to a service call. And we try to get out to you guys as quick as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. It's not guaranteed. The only guarantee that we can guarantee is the very first call. And even the first call, depending on where it's located at, we cannot factor out traffic yeah, and all that other fun stuff. I mean... We drive big trucks. Like me personally, I drive a big Sprinter van, and I got to fill that thing up every day with gas. Oh yeah, the amount of mileage that I do. I got to make sure that my paperwork is sent in daily. I got to make sure that everything's ready for that day. And these are things that happen on a daily basis in the life of a technician. Yeah, and you know, and that's I gotta why get my coffee. And you gotta get, you gotta get coffee. Oh, what's what's your favorite coffee to get? Dunkin' Donuts, large caramel oh, ice coffee, cream one sugar. This is not you sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts, but Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to sponsor the next podcast. <laughs> All right, wrong camera. Dunkin' Donuts. If you want us to, to you want to sponsor the next podcast, you gotta hit us up. DM me. Just let me know. I'll be here. Kurt will be here. We'll be your spokesperson for the food equipment industry. Um, but <laughs> hey. You got to get it in. Yeah, you um, got to get it in there. So put those shout outs out. That's right. So yeah, but you know that's and that's what happens. You know when we're we're sitting up here getting phone calls from different sectors of the industry besides the customer, the manufacturers calling, the reps calling, the dealers calling. You know the Pope, the president might jump in and want to call us. Everyone's calling to find out. You know, can you just run by? Can you just swing a guy by? Can you just get you get an email in the morning? Hey, can you can you get someone here today? You know. And the, the human side of you as a service manager when you're sitting up there wants to say, oh, definitely, we're going to get someone there. But it's a lie because guys like you, our senior guys, are going to have six, seven, eight calls under their name any given day, mm -hmm. every day. This is not like, oh, I hope we have enough work for tomorrow. It's, it's, it's guaranteed these guys have seven, eight calls under their name every day. Are they going to get to all those calls? Maybe not. Because, again, you know, we, we look at these technicians and we just say technicians, but they're humans. Okay, they have to sleep, they have to eat, they have to unwind and relax after they work 12, 13, 14 hours. You can't expect them to run 24-7. So we might not be able to get to every call every day. And 
you know, we're not we're not always we're not idling at the curb, or we're not we're not just sitting in Central Jersey. We're not, like you said, we're we're covering seventy five to eighty percent of the state. We're covering and um and going into New York and Pennsylvania. We're, we're for, actually for certain key accounts, we will do that. Yeah, we're, we're pretty much tri state. We yeah. do a lot of traveling. Yeah, and and keep in mind, we're doing this with fourteen technicians. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not running on 35, 40, 50 guys. We'd love to. This is another time I'm going to promote this. If you're a certified technician and looking for a family in a new home, you got to hit me up. Um, but yeah, it's just there's 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 not enough hours. There's not enough guys, and it's just you got to do simple math. We're going to get to you, but we got to work together. So we're not always five minutes away. Um, and, and and with that, with the work that we're doing out there, you know, the guys, the stuff that you're doing, you know, I put so much trust and, and respect into what the guys that here do that, um, you know, years ago we had a 90 day warranty. I upped it recently the last, over the last maybe a year and a half now to 180 day warranty. But we have to be mindful. If we go out to you and we tell you your problems, if you choose to do the quick fix, we cannot come out every single time for the same fix if you're already aware of what needs to happen. Warranty is only limited to each uh, job. Exactly. Right. Each job. When I say 180 day warranty, it's almost in the same realm of what the manufacturers do. So they're going to, they're going to, you know, we're going to warranty the job as is. If, if he goes and replaces a compressor and in 30 days that compressor happens to fail, which listen, it happens. You know, um, components fail. There's, there's no, there's no guaranteed shelf life for any of it. Um, you know, we'll warranty that compressor. We'll warranty that labor again. That's just written in the clause. But if we happen to go back and it's not the compressor, and all of a sudden, you know, it's just the, uh, just a thermostat now. Thermostat issue. When we replace a thermostat, obviously that's a billable call. But we back up the work, the actual job every time, 180 days, which is massive value um, compared to most other companies. I would say. I mean, I've looked around. I see anywhere from 30 to 90 days is the most for most companies. So we've doubled, in some cases, tripled what they've done. Um, so let's talk. Let's 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 again let's again shift shift some gears here. Um, dispatch. What goes into dispatch um, from a tech's point of view? From a tech's point of view, a lot. When we get dispatched to a call, we get a screen full customer's name, address, city, area code, their phone number point of contact, manager on sites. Some calls we even have to get a work order. We have to check in and check out of. Anybody that's in this industry knows the amount of equipment that's inside of a kitchen. Our dispatchers upstairs go buy a sheet and we have a standard that we need to know, are we working in the pantry? Are we working in the kitchen? If we're in a commercial building, what floor are we working on? We need to make the things real easy for us, because as soon as we get into this truck, our minds are turning. As soon as I see the call, okay, I got a no cool, or the cooler is the evaporator's frozen. I know to call dispatch, and dispatch already knows to call that customer and tell and tell you guys, mm-hmm. go ahead and shut that unit off. Let that evaporator begin to thaw. So when we get out there, we're not sitting there spending two three hours trying to thaw out an evaporator and we're in your way we're doing this so this way when we get in there we can get it fixed we can get it fixed right away and then you guys are moving throughout your day we don't want to take up all your time when we go out we want to be in and out within an hour to two hours 
mm-hmm. if less, if, if, if better, Absolutely. but that's not promised. Right. We need to, uh, I mean, all the stuff set in place up there. We just gotta, yeah. I mean, it comes down to like, even for dispatch when, when, you know, for the dispatch portion of it, um, this goes back to the initial service call from the customer. Um, getting all the information as, as much as possible, all the way down to, to fax numbers, if they're still using faxes, I don't know, um, to emails, to contact names, to billing addresses, to physical addresses, to the floor that the, sometimes you go to buildings and it's like, oh, well, that's on the fourth floor. Where on the fourth floor? Yeah. You know, give us specific rooms and room numbers and, and exact places. Because um, a lot of times the customer wants to rush off the phone, you know. And there's an understanding on my end. I'm empathetic. I understand. They want to get back to what they're doing. You know, it's like, I got to give them all this. Listen, it's 90 seconds and it's going to be the best 90 seconds spent for your money. Because if we can get the technician here, all the information, this is where we're not wasting time. You're not walking around, going on into different buildings or different elevators. That's number one. Number two, getting the model in the serial, um, getting an install date, uh, you know, and giving specifics as to what is happening. Hey, it's not working. That's really not good enough. It's not. I mean, you want to know. You want to know what's happening. Some of the main things we're going to ask, okay, is it not, is, if it's not working, is there power? Is a breaker tripped? Are the fans running? Is there an LED display or light on the unit? So I know I got power. So it, it, got, it guides us as a technician where to look when we get there. So we're not sitting there fiddling our thumbs trying to figure out Inside Where we got to do inside the mind of a technician. Yep. From the from the minute that call comes into their GPS dispatch, the wheels start turning. Mm-hmm. I mean, at- literally. If I don't have that coffee in the morning, I'm just working a little bit slower. That's why I say Dunkin' <laughs> Donuts hit me up. DD. <laughs> Every uh, morning, three three twenty seven. <laughs> large caramel ice coffee, cream and cream and one sugar. All right, we're waiting. So, yeah, I, I mean, so that's 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 big for for us uh, from on both angles. It, from the customer to the office to the tech. Um, so, and what, what, what we're talking about what it, what's inside a technician's mind in 2018. What's inside a technician's mind? What, what's the thought process? Truly, the thought process. You know, in you're, you're, you just got your dispatch. You just got the call, and now you're driving. You're driving to your next call. It's a 45 minute ride. What's 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 in your mind? It, it could be anything from the call. I'm just in general. What's going on in your mind in, in between these calls? Me personally, I mean, I can't speak for everybody else. Yeah, just you. When I'm at work, I'm at work. You will never see me with my own personal phone inside work. Once I get that call, I try to isolate and fix the call in my head before I even get there. Yeah, we all think about a bunch of stuff because we all have families. We all, I have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a daughter. I have a dog. I have a lady that drives me bananas. <laughs> but um, we'll save that for that. We'll save that. We'll see that season two, episode one. <laughs> Stay tuned. But um, everything goes to our heads. I mean, we got personal lives. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff. We're gonna we're gonna, gonna stuff that goes we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, we're definitely gonna talk about that. Um, and you know, so so continue on with the dispatch and scheduling. Talking about not every call being promised. So, you know, even though, like we said, we do schedule first calls. First calls is guaranteed. You know, and I know there are some factors that might slow us down, but generally everything is is good for 8 a.m. Outside of that, you get to a place and you say to yourself, oh, man, I just walked into something here. You call the office, say, listen, thought this was going to be simple. Just took this thing apart. Yada, yada, yada. I might be here a little while. So now we have five other calls under your name. 
what happens to those? Well, we have to start making phone calls and say, listen, the technician's running a little bit behind. We told you between 10 and 10 and 12, it's probably not going to be until between 12 and 2. Everything starts to get pushed back. So there is never really a guarantee every day. We want to. We just can't. You know? As a technician and keeping up with communication, that's a big that's a big factor, keeping up with communication with, with your dispatch. This special is gonna ask us a ton of questions. Which are our priorities? As far as priorities, priorities meaning which are our most time consuming calls. If it takes me three hours to install a condensing unit in a cooler, I wanna to try to make sure that that's guaranteed first. Because once I take that apart, I don't know what I'm gonna, what else is gonna be coming up and jumping at me. Um, mm -hmm. Next thing is gonna be, or even the top of that would be maintenances. Maintenance is we try to get maintenances done before you guys open because you know for a fact what's under, under the covers can sometimes <laughs> bite you. So maintenance is, right. is, is, is a big key factor with doing our, with getting out there before you guys open because the last thing people want is to have a technician out there with a cover open that's covered in something that they don't want their customers to see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, going and going back to the, you know, again, the, the call is not being guaranteed. I want to stay on that for a second. Um, you know, cause we do live in a world of key accounts and platinum memberships and rewards programs and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't want to be around the bush. I want to be as honest as possible. And, you know, we have key accounts. They take preference here. If you're a customer and this, I know this goes across, you know, for service companies and any, any kind of trade that you're in, you know, if you're, if you're calling here one or two times a year, you're not a key account. All right, you're, I'm talking the people that are calling here every day. They are, they are. I mean, they are. They are who we are. Yep. They are who Maliki is. You know, our our chain accounts and our our large large corporate and hospital hospitals and chain all these different things that that matter. So you know, we. You know, I, I don't want to be um, downplay uh, the business that we do get from the people that do call because they, they're putting their trust on us and we're, and we're taking money from them and we need to treat them proper. But, you know, again, with the scheduling, understand that key accounts going to take precedence every single time, every single day. And with that said, with the holiday season, I just did a little tip Tuesday on scheduling your call. Some people wait till the 11th hour. They're going to wait until Thanksgiving week, Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday, my oven's down. Oh, shh. You, oh, no. Oh, ish. I don't want to curse for the, for the care factor nation. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, um, call in now, so we can schedule. Especially, you know, you you know you're not a key account. If you think <laughs> if something's not working right, yeah. if something's if you're questioning something, don't wait till it breaks, because if it finally breaks down, it's not only gonna take that one individual part; it's gonna take another part along with it. Where a quick service call now might save you hundreds later on. Or thousands. Or thousands. I deal with Who knows? It, or even equipment. Yeah. I, I deal with it personally on a daily basis. Yeah. And there's there's not accounts I go there's not one account that I cannot go into and say, look, you need to be aware. This is what's going on. That's where communication goes. Know what you have. Know your equipment. It's your equipment. We're just here taking care of it. That's right. It's, it's one of the biggest investments that, that you put into your business when you're running a, a food service operation, you know, so, you know, you got to take care of this stuff and you got to call ahead and you got to plan ahead and not wait again till the 11th hour. You know, if we call to this week, 
we might be able to get you going for the holiday, the holiday rush. Don't wait. If you if you walk into that walk-in cooler and you see that one fan blade is not running as fast as the other one, call now. There's a problem. Because what's going to end up happening, the 11th hour is going to come, Thanksgiving Eve, your walk-in only has one blade running. This if it literally fails, the whole back of the um, ice, the whole back of the um, coil is a solid block of ice. We're shutting that cooler down. And you know how much product you probably have inside that cooler? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Handle yeah. it now. Don't wait. The yeah. longer you wait, the worse it's going to get. Yeah, for, for sure. And um, talking about, you know, um, getting to places and doing things, the, 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 the company you choose, you know, whether you're in New Jersey and you're calling Maliki Parts and Service, whether you're in Philly and you're calling American Kitchen, whether you're in Chicagoland and you're calling Coker Service, um, no matter where you are in the country, you want to call the companies that are factory authorized certified technicians every single time. Let's talk about the actual certified factory authorized certified tech versus some standard guy in a van. What's your thoughts on that? Factory authorized means we have the parts. Point blank. We're Training. not running to a supply house. We're trained. not getting you temporary parts that's going to temporarily work. We're trained. We go to these classes. Us at Maliki, we fly to different states to work on rationales, to work with True, to work with Randell, to work with these other manufacturers. We're in their warehouses. That's the only way we're going to be certified. We're right. on their we're on their line, building this equipment, understanding mm-hmm. it. So this way, when we go out there, we know what we need. We have the parts available. And that's the biggest thing. We don't want to put a. a uh, a non OEM authorized part inside of a unit. If you put an um, aftermarket part in anything, it's a, it's not built for that. It's not. It's only a matter of time until it fails. You want to fix it right the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's you know what we do here. And I know again, there's other companies across country that are within Cefesa, you know, and we are actually one of a few certified Cefesa companies, which you know our standards are held much higher, um, especially in the training realm. You know, we send guys down to Cefesa headquarters. Um, you can go visit cfesa.com, Cefesa.com. If you're not familiar with the association, it's comprised of service companies all over the country and the world um, that have standards and really care extra about what's going on in their businesses. Um, you know, we get together every year, we're talking shop, we're growing, we're getting better. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, to have, to have the factory trained, factory authorized, factory certified guy working on it with the OEM parts, with the training behind him. And also with the years experience that, that guys like Kurt bring, you know, he, he's been doing this a long time. He could, he could tell you the ins and outs of a lot of different things and stay tuned to our channels. We are going to be doing some, uh, interesting, um, uh, I guess kind of training on maintenance and different things like that. that we're going to show you soon, but, uh, um, you know, talking about, uh, OEM parts, we can't have them all. No, we would have to have about 10 tractor trailers, maybe even more following Kurt to every job. So we make sure we have all the comes compressors, all the Copeland's, all the condensing units, all the TXV the expansion valves alone. I mean, mm-hmm. there's gotta be five, 5,000 different ones. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't have all the parts. We want to, but we can't, we can't have all the parts, but we got the parts to get you back up and going until we can get you the right one. And, but do not get it twisted. We will get you the right part. 
we will temporarily get you up and going until we can get you the correct part that goes into your unit safely safely absolutely yeah we don't we do every we make sure we do everything by the book we but we do but we do um again there's temporary fixes that that can be done sometimes which we absolutely do as long as it's you know we're not going to hurt the unit the integrity of the unit or you know subject any employees of yours or ours to safety but um yeah but the parts the parts thing has become a very big discussion in this industry especially you know again i'm not there's no names i'm not here to name names but there's a lot of big parts houses a lot of different consolidation going on between manufacturers and parts are definitely more readily available because of it um and you know by by us not having a part a lot of parts are two days away sometimes one day away without spending you know that overnight expedite you know hundred dollars across the country two hundred three hundred dollars um but i mean first visit fixes are something that we strive for i mean i you know yeah, we, we strive for those first those, those first the first time fixes but it doesn't always happen there are a lot of parts especially with going into these new energy standards that mm -hmm. you need specific parts as far as potential relays, as far as everything now is going to sensors. It's no longer to a regular standard um, um, mechanical thermostat. There are certain things that need to be put into these coolers in order to work correctly, because now it's with this whole energy code and the whole energy setups going on. Oh yeah. We can't have every single part. We have most of them. We have a lot. We can't have- Boy, do we have a lot. For a small business, I mean, you go if you uh, I, I invite anybody who ever wants to come down to Jersey and check out a warehouse. Just an open invite. I would love for you guys to come by and uh, check out what we got going on here. Check out our warehouse. We have a lot of parts for a small business. A lot of parts. Um, the vans carry a lot of parts. I mean, I would say, I would say your van probably has upwards of twenty thousand in inventory. Yeah. I mean, we're we're not we're not slacking in that department in, at all. I mean. Everybody knows, you know, for me, especially here in this company about the first visit fixes and how much I want to get them, especially with the key accounts to try to put boxes together and different things so we can roll out. But, um, you know, the temp fixes, the temp fixes versus the right fix. You know, I think every time we want to get the right fix. But again, just to reiterate, you know, we, we can make things happen for you for a small amount of time until we get what we need to get for you and, and get you going, get you back to business, get you making money. And understand the one thing about warranties and dealing with the manufacturers when it comes down to fixing their equipment, we as an industry and as technicians cannot go to a local supply house and purchase a, um, we could purchase a temporary fix, but we have to get the correct part from the manufacturer. Mm-hmm in order to keep the warranty going and the integrity of the equipment and the, and the energy and, and just everything that that goes with original equipment manufacturers parts win every time um so you know i'm a big proponent of the next generation of technicians we're trying to get the youth understanding about it we just did a cool segment i don't know if i don't know if we talked about it with you yet or you saw it but we just went around rutgers newark did, did I tell you about that? So yeah, we we went to Rutgers Newark. We were asking random random young guy, young kids, um, 18, 19, 20 year olds if they've ever heard of the food equipment service industry. It was a resounding no to every single one of them. Every single one of them. So we're gonna do an ongoing thing with this, but you know, and and you know, I I hired two guys out of high school. Um, doing a great job so far. I, I have all the faith in the world in those two guys. Shout out to Connor and Jamad, and uh, 
What would you tell the next generation of technicians coming up? On the spot. It's a fun industry. I meet people on a daily basis. Let's talk about that. So for this industry, the next generation of technicians, they have no idea this industry exists. We're just putting it in front of their face. Food equipment service. People. Every day is different. You're meeting a lot of different people. Tell, tell, tell them how fun, how fun it is just in that respect. My office is my van. I travel the state of New Jersey. I see different people on a daily basis. I build relationships with customers every day. I get free lunch. <laughs> hey, but, food is hey, life. Food is key right there. Everybody's got to eat. That's right. Especially my big, especially my big behind. <laughs> but um, meeting different people. I'm a people person. It works great. I love it. Um, yeah, because at the end of the day, you're, not, you're fixing the equipment, but you're fixing the people. Yep. You know, because these people sometimes are irate. They're angry. They're upset. And you're walking into a hornet's nest sometimes. And, then, you know, it's your job to kind of go in and be like, hey, listen, I got this. Mm-hmm. And begin to develop relationships, and and um, and when you walk out of there, and that thing is freaking running. That's got to feel real good. That's a straight. That's pride. I mean, that right there tells me, look, I I I did something right. Customers happy. I'm happy. The shops happy because they're getting those nice phone calls in. The guy did a great job. Yeah. Um, that gets put through uh, what you call them on online um comments. Yeah, reviews and stuff. Reviews and all that stuff. All that stuff's there, and that right there builds a company. If you got a company that's going in, their guys are pissed off. They're, they're. Oh, I'm sorry. They look sloppy. No, hey. Um, that's gonna. That's, that, it is what it is. If you wake up in the morning, you put your shoes on, and you get comfortable. You, you leave your house with a smile on your face. You put a smile on everybody else's face. If you leave your that's house right. mad, then you're gonna have a down day. Every day is different. You come across different faces, different people, and different issues to tackle. And I travel. Me personally, I like traveling. Lot, I, lot. I see different things all day, and I uh, think that to me, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, we call it in the business a non-supervisory position. I mean, you're in your own van, you're doing your thing, you're essentially on your own all day. I mean, there's no one looking over you and saying, "Hey, what what'd you do? What are you doing?" I mean, of course the office can, you know, contacts us cuz we're trying to keep a schedule, but um other than that, I mean, you're ruling your day. Yeah. You know, you're moving, you're you're shaking, you're you're fixing things, you're helping people, and you're getting paid. Yep. All while you're doing it. Pretty decent pay. Yep. Tell the next generation, you can make some money here. You can make some good money here. Do I do very well. I cannot complain. And um and I'm going to look to make things better here as a company for us as we go along and as we build. Uh, it's going to continue to get better. You know, in the next generation, you know, there's, um, as far as it being lucrative, you know, you, you get a company like this in our industry. Again, you go to Cefesa, you can find companies in your area. We're not just not just limited to New Jersey, you know, and this, this, this thing can take you anywhere. I mean, there might be a day in time where Kurt says, you know what? I've had it with the winters. I'm moving to Cali. Here's a, here's a perfect example. When I got out the military... I could have became a cop, which I almost did. And hmm. I thought to myself, what's the one job I could do that no matter where I go, I'll always have a job. I chose HVAC and refrigeration. HVAC and refrigeration, you have to learn electrical and you have to know plumbing. That's all three trades right there. Mm-hmm. My next step, I'm gonna start learning on this hot stuff. Yeah, I want to be a a multi um, a multi tech. I'm going to be the go to the one the one stop shop. Completely versatile. 
uh, on, on all angles, all aspects can fix it all. Um, and we, we want to do that. Believe me, I want to, I want to get these guys all trained to be, to do both. Um, and we're going to, we're going to work on that as we go along. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can go anywhere in the world, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, and I, I listen, I would hate to lose any of the guys that have come here and that have invested their time in the company. And I've invested the company time in them and it's vice versa. But, um, the reality is, is that shit happens in life. And, you know, again, there's going to be a time where someone might say, hey, I'm, I'm relocating because my wife's family or because of this or whatever it might be. You know, it's, it's a simple phone call from me to say, hey, listen, I got a guy coming your way. Um, get ready. You got a new tech coming, you know, and, and that's it's as simple as that, uh, you know, and, and again, the next generation of technicians that are going to come up that, again, are just hearing about this or learning about this as we continue to promote it. Um, lucrative. Um, it's almost recession proof. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, everybody's got to eat. Everybody wants to stay cool and everybody needs to be hot. In the <laughs> it's true. I mean, this is a demanding industry. Yeah. Um, People pay for comfort for, yeah. for when it comes to cool air and hot air. Everything nowadays is considered a luxury. No longer, we have, we know, no, I'm sorry, everything nowadays is considered a necessity. It's no longer a luxury like it was 20 years ago, 15 years ago when I first started. Mm-hmm. Everything now is a necessity. I need HVAC. I need refrigeration. I need my cooler working. Yeah. We can't just throw ice on it no more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's, there's, there's so many benefits um, on top, on top of, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the big vacation times and, you know, paid holidays and all that other, all that good stuff and the benefits and Hold on, for paid holidays. Yeah. Oh man. Hold on. Sign me up. Paid holidays, man. <laughs> hey, listen, we try to do what we can. And then, you know, of course we got 401k, we got an employer match. There's a lot of things. And, and a lot of these companies across the country are doing this. And I think, you know, I'm not bashing college, but this is the alternative to college. This is the, I think this is the main alternative to college because you're going to have guys coming out of college with debt and I'm going to have guys coming out of training with money in their pocket. <laughs> I mean, it's a no brainer. Um, but, um, Beautiful industry that we are in here, my friend. Yes, it is. Beautiful industry. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? You're strong. I've been doing it. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh man, Jack in the Box. Ooh, is it Jack in the Box? Ultimate cheeseburger. Some, yeah. Some curly fries and a chocolate shake. Oh, <laughs> they don't have that out here though. So when I go, yeah, when I go back to the West Coast, I'm definitely getting one. Well, you're going to San Fran. I'm going to San, and I'm hitting the Jack in the Box. <laughs> what about what about In and Out? Sir, In and Out. Never been in in and out. Oh, you gotta go. I never been to in and out. I mean, I'm not. It's not. It's not the to me. To me, it's not the greatest thing. But it was. It was good. Out here, the East Coast. Y'all gonna knock me for this one. Uh oh. I like KFC. Ooh, KFC. The original recipe chicken. Ooh. I'm KFC. not. I'm not keen on Popeyes, but I like KFC. Well, I'll tell you. Recipe chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy. Okay. Biscuits and mac and cheese. Yeah. All right. Can I get a menu? <laughs> you know what? We gotta go get some lunch, actually. All right, yeah, but um, all right. So yeah, so that, so that's your favorite favorite restaurant. Cool. Uh, that's fa- that, that that's is, fast food. That's fast food. You got a favorite uh, fine dining joint around the area? Ruth Chris. Ah, uh, Ruth Chris. Steak. Shout out to Ruth Chris. Steak person. You go to uh, Weehawken, New Jersey. You ever go to that one? What no, would do? Which one we went to? They just opened one in Jersey City. There might have been one I went to. Just opened. Nice. I got. We gotta get down there. Actually, you could check that out. Uh, favorite color? Favorite color? <laughs> We're on a date. Blue, actually. <laughs> you don't want to think about it. I like blue. Blue? All right. I'm not mad at you. Uh, what's up with you? What's up? Let's talk family. Kids? Yeah, I have a daughter named Sophia. She's uh, Hi, Sophia. Seven. Turning next, uh, seven. Next month on the 12th. It's my baby right there, my little monkey. 
Sophia, um, she lives down in Florida, so I travel down there as often as possibly as I can to go see her. Nice. So seven years old, man. Those are big. Those are the days. Oh my god. Those are the days. Um. So we got to talk sports, man. Favorite sport? Football. Favorite oh. team? Miami. <laughs> <laughs> And and the boss just walked out of the building. I think I might not have a job after this one. Is it really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh I'm man. I'm from Florida. I yeah, but I thought you were a G-Man fan. I really- I'm a Giants fan because I live up here and I like tailgating. That's really the only thing I can go. <laughs> I don't like. I don't care for the Jets. It's but, the G-Man. So I do yeah. like the Giants too. Can't complain. Yeah. Well, I, I can't complain about. I can complain about the season. Yeah. But. Two two years in a row, man. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to get into it. I'm a little upset. Um, but Saquon is is a beast. Oh man, sad. That new running back. Uh, what's his name? Oh no, was it Williams? Where the new running back for Giants? Oh, I don't even know. What Barkley? Saquon Barkley. 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 That's what I'm talking about. Saquon. Saquon Barkley. Oh, first name. I know his last name. Oh, Barkley. I got the jersey. Barkley. We'll edit that. Um. so uh, what what are the, what's some other things you get into, man? Hobby wise, you like what, what's what's oh, some stuff stuff you like? I, I think you like, boat, you like boats. Wow. Don't you like boats? Man, I, well, I just got rid of my boat because up here make really don't didn't make a sense. But um, I love cars. I've got cars. Um, okay. Motorcycles. I actually just bought a Harley. Did you? Yeah. Motor street oh, glide. Man. Please be careful. When I went down to Atlantic City. Please be careful, man. <laughs> Those I went things out to Atlantic make, City make for a people. service call, stopped off in Harley, and I saw a bike, and I ended up going back on my day off. Did you really? That, see, that's the good part about traveling with this job. You <laughs> see a lot of things. Oh, man. And, well, um, I want you to please be careful. Everybody out there on bikes, be careful, man. All right. So, um, quickly, we're going to end this episode, but what's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming. Yes. What are we doing for Thanksgiving? Eating. Going somewhere? To the old lady's family's house. To the old lady's family's house. All right. Nice. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate you taking some time, my brother. Cool. No problem. We're going to shut down season one, episode five right now. Um, Podcast, The Care Factor. Please go hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Tell them to smash the like button. Smash the like button. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And I'm lastly going to plug the Food Equipment Digital Disruptor group over on Facebook. Food Equipment Digital Disruptor. We are building a community online for the industry. Go join today. This is Rich Malicky. Podcast Season 1, Care Factor, Episode 5. We are out. This is-